All right, I'm pausing this so I can shut my bathroom door because the HVAC is on right now. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you're tuning in from. I am Erin Nicole, creator and founder of the Move Happy Movement. One moment here. I don't have my rings on, which is super weird. Today has been a day of focus on social media and getting signed up for or attempting to sign up for medical insurance. I love you, Jesse. Those of you that saw my post today, you know what I'm talking about. Those of you that didn't go on to any of my social media, he helped fix an overwhelming problem yesterday. I got over 300 calls and I'm still getting calls today, but he put me on the national do not call list and it takes 24 to 48 hours. Um, to fix the problem. So thank you to Joe Biden and um, Obama, whoever from your team connected me to him because I tweeted about it. And 24 hours later, he brought me a $0 deductible plan and helped me out. So I'm very grateful for him. So with that in mind, uh, what I do on this show, normally I interview guests, but there is something in the water. Um, So we're going to start out with a prayer. This is something new for me to do publicly with my audience but it's not something new for me to do personally. I have been praying for all of you. Anytime I have a guest on the show, I pray and I meditate before I have the guest on the show so that I can add value to you. And uh, the last three or four guests that I have supposed, I was supposed to have in the last two weeks, uh, one has got COVID real bad. Uh, One, his sister died and he's healing and grieving right now and dealing with funeral arrangements. Um, Another lady is sick. She wasn't sure if she had COVID or not. And I forget the fourth person they had to reschedule for some reason. Um, So I said, all right, Holy Spirit, it sounds like you want me to talk on the topic this week and uh, to get started with that. So uh, whatever your faith system is, belief system is, I respect yours. Uh, I choose to believe in the creator of the universe, and I choose to believe in Jesus's love that surpasses all understanding. Um, and with that in mind, I don't judge you for your belief system. And I, I don't think that I am better for having my belief system. I just, I recognize that that is my faith that I choose. So if you wouldn't mind, however you do your moment of silence or positive thoughts or prayers, um, you can close your eyes if you like. Um, I'm going to close my eyes because that's how I pray. I usually am kneeling down next to my bed, um, but you can pray anywhere. You can meditate anywhere, anytime. Um, maybe not while driving, but Hey, you never know. (laughs) All right, here we go. Dear heavenly father, creator of the universe, master of all details, intricate, intricate details of our lives. Lord God, I thank you. And I praise you for another day here on this earth. I thank you. And I praise you for healing of my body and all of my listeners, bodies that are going through ailments right now, sickness that they're, they're going through stress financial stress, emotional, relational stress, educational stress, if they're in the school systems. Lord God, thank you for solving all of our problems, being our provider, being our healer, being everything that we need in your perfect timing. Lord God, today's topic is all about adding fun to our lives. And and Lord God, you know that I did not prepare or plan anything other than just my own knowing and uh, conscious intentional thoughts on today's topic. Lord God, I I thank you 
And I praise you for providing me the exact words, the exact stories, the exact science to reveal to the listener that is watching or listening to this episode today that needs to hear from you, that needs to have some hope in their life, whether they are going through a challenging season or they're all the way on the other end of the spectrum, contemplating and planning out their last day on earth. Lord God, thank you for using me as your vessel here on earth to bring healing, hope, and restoration and to flip the script and help people to focus on not only finding happiness from within, but also to reach out to another person to help spread your love and light around this world. God, I thank you and I praise you in your name. Amen. So with that in mind, as you heard in my prayer, I did not plan anything for this topic. In fact, I was going to be interviewing a husband and wife duo today, uh, but life happens. And so we're just going with the flow. So this week's topic is all about adding fun to your daily walk, whether you're in school, whether you're working, whether you're in the military, uh, whether you are a stay-at-home husband or wife, spouse, um, you name it. We all need to have a little more fun in our life because if we are enjoying our life, we're more fun to be around for others. Uh, We're Uh, If we do go to a place of work, we call in sick less often. If we are a student, we call in sick less often, (laughs) less often, um, which saves that business or the school time and money. Uh, If we're in school for a student, K through 12 or college, uh, can positively impact your grades, which positively impacts your future career opportunities. And it sets the intention of behavior for the rest of your life. So I want you to be happier because it's going to not only benefit you, it's going to benefit everyone around you and the economy of the the country that you live in. I do have uh, friends and community members from all over the world. I know that to be true because there were at least 100 volunteers last year in at least 26 countries uh, that I'm aware of that shared my nonprofit that I launched, Erin Nicole Ministries, last year. So I know that I've got a global community forming, and we're only just getting started. So I want to talk, let's see, what do I want to talk about? Adding fun. So everyone, first off, and you can quote me on this, you can tweet about this or however you post on social media, everyone defines fun (laughs) differently. Can you agree with that? We all define fun differently. Uh, Some of my friends define fun as taking a trip to Florida and dancing and drinking the night away and forgetting the next morning what all the mistakes that they made. Hey, let's be real. Uh, Some of my friends, they define fun as going to their local legislator and submitting uh, bills to be you know, changing of laws and things of that nature uh, because they really care about changing their local Um, or um, countries' laws to make a global impact. That's how some of my friends define their fun. Some of my friends define fun as working 100 hours a week, not taking any time off for themselves, uh, never celebrating any of their victories. And I honestly don't know how that uh, individual (laughs) and a few other people that are in that similar category how how that is fun for them because to me that is 
ooh, that is warning signs of burnout. However, everyone defines fun differently. For me, I didn't grow up watching a, a lot of TV. Um, I was so I was homeschooled from I don't know pre-K, I guess, till sixth grade was my first year of public school. So fifth grade was my last year in homeschool. Um, we did watch Little House on the Prairie and The Price is Right. If I finished my homework by I want to say it was 10 a.m., then I was allowed to watch. I think The Price is Right was first, and then Little House on the Prairie after that. Um, I got really efficient at getting my work done so that I could watch a little bit of TV and then go play outside or whatever was the structured environment. Um, we did have cable for, for a couple years. And then um, I can't remember why, but my parents were cutting on expenses and they decided to remove cable altogether. And so I, I didn't really miss it. Like, I mean, there might've been a couple of weeks where we couldn't really watch, um, you know, cable shows, but Overall, uh, mom encouraged us to go outside often. Uh, we were involved through the YMCA. Um, as homeschool kids, mom volunteered to teach swimming because back then you could not get like a free membership or a discounted membership unless you added value to the YMCA community. So mom had never taught swimming before, but she learned how to teach it through shadowing in a couple of classes, I believe. Um, I'm going to see if she can come on the show before uh, too long. So you guys can hear a little bit from her story. So she might have a different version of it, but this is what I remember, uh, stories that she shared to us. She sacrificed a lot of her life for us so that we could, uh, you know, despite the lack of income, I mean, my dad did great. He was like the primary bread winner or bread earner, uh, whatever that phrase is for the family of five of us. Uh, but it's not, it's not uh, cheap being the primary income earner. So mom was the saver. She taught us how to be resourceful. And through the YMCA, they had three different styles. So you were either swimming one day, you were either in the gymnasium one day, or you were in that they had a gymnastics room where you could go on the gymnastics floor. You could go on the balance beam. You could practice on the rings. They had the uneven bars. They had the even bars. I'm trying to think what else. Um, they had this like rope swing into a foam pit. That was pretty fun. They did have a straight rectangular trampoline. Um, I was really good. I remember I was really, really flexible, um, extremely body confident until about nine years old. Um, when I started to recognize my body and started comparing, uh, myself whatnot. Um, but fun for me is like moving my body. I, I learned how to move my body without a high level of cost. Um, we went in walks every day. We did, uh, mom and I would do a 30 minute walk sometimes with, uh, my middle brother, Josh and my eldest brother, let's see. So he was seven years old. He is seven years older than me. So, and he was kind of the, I love him, but he, he added a lot of stress to the family. Um, so he was in public school a lot sooner than we were. Um, and he didn't participate in many physical activities that I remember together, except for our paper route. We did have some rollerblades. And at one point, all three of us were jumping out of the car and delivering our papers with mom. Um, but for the most part, he played um, in the high school team. He played on the tennis team and he was extremely good. He made, he qualified for state I want to say his senior year, he might tell a different version. 
Um, so he was really good with tennis and I loved being around my family. So mom would show up to his practice and I would rollerblade around their courts. They had about 10 or 12 courts inside this fenced area at Spenway Lake High School. And I would rollerblade and I would see their tennis balls and I would pick up the ball and I would hand it to them or I'd roll it over to them because I'm a helper and I love to be involved and just show up and be there. And I think the I think the high school students liked me being around there. Um, and if you have kids listening to this episode right now, you might want to pause it right now because I'm going to talk about something sad and dark. Um, and then I'm going to come back to being it positive. So I don't want to influence your kids um, eyes or ears. Um, you might just want to listen to this part. So my brother's fresh, freshman year so he was in ninth grade he was invited to play on the high school team because he was very good at his junior high and luckily he was not involved in this um two of the seniors on halloween decided to throw eggs at people's houses uh like dumb idiots sorry but the, i'm just being real with you guys um this man didn't like it in our town that i grew up in in spanaway washington and he graduated in 97, so it would have been his freshman year, so three, I think three years before that, so in 94. This gentleman did not like that his home was disrespected, so he brought his shotgun out and he killed those two boys because they threw eggs at his house. It was not justified. However, I learned in that moment, uh, because I'm seven years younger than my brother, I believe I was nine years old, I learned quickly that you don't mess with people. You don't disrespect people or their property. Um, I had to learn it the very hard way by being introduced to murder in my own town. So when I talk about adding fun, and you can bring your kids back in after, when I talk about adding fun to your day, um, I talk from an authentic place because I have chosen to focus on fun and focus on good and focus on joy, despite having an upbringing where um, shooting someone was the norm, okay? And yes, that person, I believe, went to prison or he might've ended his life. I don't know exactly the full story. You'd have to look it up online. I'm sure it's available. Um, however, that shocked the entire community. And I believe my mom was afraid for her children. So she showed up at that point to every single practice and I am a minor. So I went with mom. <laughs> so it benefited me to be around these older kids and just like doing my rollerblading thing. And then soon thereafter, uh, my, my brother was also involved. My oldest brother was um, involved with the high school choir group because he also sang because mom was a singer and she influenced all of us to want to be musically inclined. And he was pretty good at singing. So he joined with Mr. Krause, <laughs> who is a legend in all of my content. Uh, he joined his music company. So at that point, I think Mr. Krause started at Spenaway Lake at 1980 or 85, somewhere around there. So it this was... If he joined his freshman or sophomore year, it would have been 94, 95. So at that point, it's like 10 to 15 years of Mr. Krause having this music company program already established. So he started to have a foundation. I remember they had their tux outfits because uh, I would drive around with mom and she would take us to all the gigs that they had because she wanted to be involved. Um, I think for multiple reasons, but I think especially when those kids got murdered, uh, that were on the same team as her son, like it made her extremely concerned for the well-being of her children, but also for the well-being of all the kids. Because as a mama bear, um, she she loves everyone, 
and anyone that's associated with her family is family to her. And that, I love that about my mom. So fun for me was watching these high school students in their tuxedo dresses, singing, performing. And I'm nine years old. And four years prior to that, I got to sing my first gig on stage at Life Center at church, which was the church we went to from I was five years old when we started and then to 10 years old. And then we switched to a closer church. Um, I got to perform my first gig because my neighbor, Penny Five Eye, uh, who was the mother of one of my friends, Promise, she heard me sing one night at a slumber party. And she said, you know, we've got this talent show. Are you interested in being a part of it? And I was like, okay, like I'm five years old. I didn't know exactly what she meant because she heard me singing. And she said, you'd be singing on stage. Are you open to that? And she didn't tell me how many, which it was good. Don't tell details to people that you're, <laughs> you're trying to get them to agree to something. Just answer the questions that they ask you. I didn't ask any questions because I was like, I loved singing. I had been singing since I was like three years old at that point, And I knew I wanted to be a singer. Like that was like one of my dreams. So I sang my first performance in front of a large audience in front of any audience like in front of anyone besides my family was 300 people <laughs> go big or go home when you're five years old I did good enough that the music pastor heard about it and then I was invited I want to say it was a week later it might have been sooner or later than that my mom might remember this was 30 years ago um, then I was invited to then be a part of an elite music group of kids that were actually girls that were um, one of them was the let's see uh dr kenton lee his daughter he had two daughters older daughter i want to say was jocelyn no, jocelyn i think was my age and then juliet so either way um the one that was my age uh everyone wanted to be her friend she was so pretty she was so sweet and she was like the pastor's daughter and like everybody wanted to be friends with her and i made it into this group and we got to perform on stage in front of all the big church, all the adults. And we're talking, this is, you can look up online or you can go visit it if you're in Tacoma, uh, Washington. They've got a few satellite locations now because they've expanded, but uh, Life Center Church in Tacoma, Washington off of, I wanna say that's 6th Avenue, I think. It's like on the way right before a couple exits before Gig Harbor. Anyways, there was probably 3,500 people in attendance. I'm five years old. I've already sang for thousands of people. Uh, so for me, adding fun to my day is doing epic things that are way above what most people do as far as performing um, everything that I choose. I choose to do in excellence. I'm going to lower my thing here because I feel like I'm, oh, I'm just chilling in my room, in my bedroom. I was like, something told me like, I need to just do this recording for you guys. And this is real talk. Like, I normally will go downstairs and <laughs> do it on the couch. Um, eventually I'll have a cool backdrop uh, that maybe someone will donate or there'll be a sponsor or something and I'll be able to do that. Or maybe someone will paint something, move happy related or Aaron Nicole Ministries. I'm just like putting that out there. Uh, but for right now, we just got a white wall and we just going with it. This is real talk. Okay. So adding fun to my day involves music for me because I am a musician. I love singing. Um, adding fun to my day is being creative. Um, if I feel so inclined to write in my journal, 
Uh, sometimes songs come to me if I'm going through a tough season or if I'm going through something really good. Sometimes I'll have an idea pop in my mind. I'll write it down in my journal and I'll have melodies come to me. Um, I wrote 32 songs last year. They're not all done, but I definitely had a lot of healing uh, in 2021 after going through the craziness of 2020 with uh, home break in uh, identity theft where people hacked into my computer that I'm on right now, my phone. Uh, they started tracing my location. They locked all my emails up. Um, all of my content was like getting deleted and erased. Um, I had a cease and desist email. I had emailed out to someone that had cut me out of a million plus dollar business deal that I had opened up in the middle of the night. It was being erased before my eyes. I submitted it to police, um, police sheriff's departments, like People were told from evil people that tried to poison their minds uh, that I was mentally insane. I, uh, my whole circle was lied to from a business. Uh, she supposedly is a minister, pastor of some sort, told everyone that I was suicidal to try and damage and ruin my character. And that all happened in 2020. Oh, and I had a full-time job. I was uh, 1099, so they didn't give me any insurance, but I was working for a very rich IT CEO um, taking care of the mental well-being of his son. I was paid more hourly than a teacher with a master's degree and 10 years of experience would be paid to teach a class of, you know, approximately 25 to 30 students working with one person, one 10-year-old. And then he immediately cut my job, cut my all my income. I had my Move Happy company was in three continents. Cause I had an internship program through universities. <laughs> I had to shut that down to only me. Cause I didn't know who to trust. And, uh, I was let go of the job because I asked him to get COVID tested because he started asking me to do things outside of the parameters of the job that I had agreed to. Um, I have asthma. The landlord that I was staying with has type two diabetes I was concerned that, and she's elderly. I was concerned that I could potentially contract it and harm myself or kill myself on accident um, or spread it to her. And she was allowing me to live in this state of residency that I was not, I was not a resident in, but I, my landlord um, in the state that I had moved to was also a family member, was also in control of the rent costs and everything, um, started having a mental crisis and it was not safe for me to live in that home. I tried my best to contact three shelters and asked for a mediator. And I even went to a church and I was denied from all four places. So I said, I need to go somewhere. And I had connected with someone. Uh, and when you're in survival mode, sometimes you don't make great decisions. You make decisions to keep yourself alive. And this person convinced me that they could help me. They, um, I was organizing my big global mental health event, which will still happen, but in God's timing, not my timing. Um, he convinced me that he had property for us to do a private VIP experience for all the celebrities, um, that he had all these sponsors that were bringing him money for this event. And he was orchestrating all of these things. So he conned me into convincing him to convincing me to move um, out of state. And at that point I um, had lost contact and connection with my family members, uh, my own mom, and I love her to death, but she sided with the family member that was going through mental crisis, that was doing things and breaking laws instead of 
asking me and assuming the best in me. So I had to cut ties for almost the entire 2020 year of my family, except for my aunt Carol, my dad's sister called me, checked in on me and said, sometimes, and she's a prayer warrior and I love her to death, love her to death. And I'm so glad she reached out to me. And Carol says, sometimes we got to go through seasons where we separate ourselves from the ones that we love because for whatever reason, and she's like, I don't know the reason what's going on with you, but it sounds like you need to focus on you right now. And you need to focus on fun. You need to start watching uh, TV shows. Have you ever heard of Shits Creek? And I was like, no, but that's a hilarious name. She says, you need to watch it. And it is hilarious by the way. Um, if you like that kind of humor and she helped to flip the script in my mind. Definitely was not an easy year, but I had so many quality connections. I had met through my uh, having a podcast, inviting people onto my show, one of which has a nonprofit that helps take care of canine dogs uh, that are retired from the, the military and police force. And uh, his org pays all the medical bills. All you got to do if you are um, looking to be a, a rescue owner of these dogs, all you have to do is, you know, have certain parameters. You might have to have land and things like that. Um, but all you got to do is, pay, as far as payment, is pay for the food and the doggy poop bags. Like, I was like, wow, that's a freaking amazing organization. So I hope to have two or three once I get my own housing from this org. And Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, who I didn't know who he was, but people tagged me because of my consistency in releasing content and being and focusing on the business that God inspired in me through the challenging season of losing my father. My third day on the job, Move Happy, started from losing my father in 2016, and I kept kept focused, kept moving forward, didn't let any of these obstacles stop me from sharing love and light. So fun for me in 2020 was interviewing amazing people on the podcast. And when you, when you keep having good levels of success, and when you keep having good people to interview on your show, people that are listening and they're paying attention and they're watching you post and promote, like who's on your show, they want to help you because people not all people, but many people, especially on LinkedIn, if it's military related, we got a lot of military people on LinkedIn. And I didn't know that. I just kept wanting to invite good quality people that give good advice on the show to help people live the life of their dreams that are actually doing it and not just talking about it. So someone tagged me on a post inviting Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, actually inviting me to invite him. Um, he had made a post looking for quality podcasts to be on. And he said, please tag anyone that you know that has good podcasts for me to promote my new book that's being released. And I knew right away, I was like, Lieutenant Colonel, like that's a top level leader. Okay, I'm sold. I, and I don't recommend this to other people, but I didn't research him. I just read through his bio and I was like, wow. And I, I saw the photo of him on stage and I could see like, hey, this was a professional person that I wanted to learn from. And I, if I want to learn from someone, I know that my audience can learn from them too. So. I reached out. He said, please have my assistant um, handle the scheduling. I said, perfect. We'll do it. We scheduled it. And within a couple of days, my phone's going off. 
uh, we were able to get it scheduled and he poured love and compassion. He had interest in me and what my mission was. We talked for about 30 or 40 minutes before we even hit the record button. And then boom, customized speech on depression and suicidal ideations to help prevent it, decrease it. All this science just came out of him. He didn't look anything up like it's amazing. Didn't know uh, that he's already been on 60 minutes. He's already been on 2020 and all of the drug enforcement administration, like the DEA, all of their employees are required to read his books. Mind blown. I got to interview him. I got to spend 30 minutes with him. You can't put a price on the value of that. He has already met with a few of our presidents and handed them a signed copy of his book. Like you cannot put a price on having a podcast. So fun for me uh, was growing my brand, growing my business, because this is extensions of who I am. The four pillars of move happy are mindset, community, fitness or movement that you enjoy. And I added one because it's a part of me also music or creative arts. Um, those are the four things, the four categories of life that have really been my pillars in who I am that have helped keep me away from suicidal ideations or kept me off the ledge. So I come from a place of knowing real life experience, real hard things that I've gone through that I've witnessed other people go through. And I still, despite going through all the things I go through and have been through and have made it through, I choose happiness. I choose joy. I choose love. And fun for me is helping to spread that love and joy to other people. So that was my 2020. I had an amazing high roller coaster of experiences. And then I had towards the end, um, I had added the work happy workshop during that year um, because everyone was on their Zooms, moms, dads, parents, business meetings, dog barking in the back. They were all trying to handle it all at once. If y'all remember 2020, I was like, um, people are stressed right now. They need some help. So out of my own knowing and creative thought, I believe in abundance and opportunities. I thought of an offering and I turned it into an official offering that's not even on my website yet, but I already have a company with 10,000 employees with one of their top leads interested in it and a director of IT that's one step down from the CEO of a company of 1,300 <laughs> employees referred me to his CEO the first time I ever talked about it. Um, the creator of the universe has his hand of favor on my life. No, there have not been sales yet, but my website is not up to par and I don't do websites. So I would love for, if you're listening to this, if you want to be a sponsor, I need help with that immediately. It's not mobile friendly. Um, it doesn't have my one pager on it. It doesn't like, it's just, it's not good. It's not what I would like it to be. Um, it's the best that my website person had the skill sets to do, which is not up to my standards, but that's okay. Um, he he's done the best that he can do and I'm ready for someone new to take over and step up to the plate. So fun for me is continually improving, um, having time in my day to be creative, 
I have created programs, curriculums, my entire professional career. And I have also facilitated groups since I was nine years old. So I love, I absolutely love getting in front. And it's most people's number one fear is public speaking, but I actually love it. I think because I got to sing on stage when I was five years old in front of 300 people. So it made me not afraid of it. Um, I take pride in my work, definitely. Um, when I was nine years old, my uh, friend that I had met through, or might've been 10, let's say, let's say it was 10 years old because it was, we had moved away from Life Center Church to Clover Creek Bible Fellowship. And I met this gal, Crystal, I think her last name was Taylor. This was a while ago. I was really into beading and I saw like the, the cool thing back then. So this would have been, let's see what year I would have been 10 years old. So this would have been 96, 95, 96, somewhere around there. The cool thing back then was these beaded little tiny beaded choker necklaces all the girls had it. I don't know what famous person like did it first to start the trend, but like every single girl bought those necklaces or whatever. And my mom was like super resourceful all the time and money was always a stress in the family. So she's like, oh, well, what if we made it? And Crystal, um, she taught me, I met her and she made her own and she taught me how to make it. And then my mom's friend, who is the wife of my dad's best friend, Tim and Rebecca, Chisholm, Rebecca said, after she saw that I had made some successful um, necklaces, she said, can you do bracelets? I said, yeah. She's like, have you thought about charging people for it? And I was like, no, why? She's like, I think you should charge. And at this point I was now 11 years old and my dad had been diagnosed with cancer. So I think she was trying to give me something healthy and positive to focus on. Um, uh, a way for me to earn my own money um, so that I wouldn't be asking them for things because there was financial stress of going through the cancer treatments. Uh, so my dad was a primary income earner. Mom did not have a job. We had to rely on stranger's kindness. Um, his his job through, uh, it used to be called Oral Wheat, but it got bought out from Beanball Bakeries in the last few years, um, which is a, a very large company down in Mexico. Uh, he had just started working there six months prior to being diagnosed with cancer. They could have let him go because he wasn't there. He didn't have a lot of tenure, but he worked his tail off even on his day off. And he got all of us to show up on his day off to face all the bread in the grocery stores. Like we made sure that dad didn't lose his job. The pressure of that position. Uh, he was a vendor for all the grocery stores on his route. Um, they had a hundred percent buyback commission. So if you're not familiar with sales, that means that if he put too much on the shelf, he had to eat it in his paycheck the following week because bread expires. It's a food product. So if he put, he had to learn predictability of sales, predictability of behavior of customers. Um, he was very good at his job. However, it was the first six months and it was a new industry, new career for him. And then he was diagnosed with cancer uh, of the kidney and at that time, the treatment of it, they don't do it anymore, I don't believe. But at that time, they would kill the kidney. They would shove a needle into the organ with, I think, 90% alcohol. And I don't know how long, maybe a week, two weeks. The, the kidney slowly died. So he had an organ that was dying within his body, extremely painful. And then he would live off of the other kidney. Um, the other kidney would grow. 
um, just that's what happens. They, they grow to, to cover the job of the other kidney. I learned at a very young age, modified diets. We all went on the low salt diet because mom was only going to cook one meal. She wasn't going to cook two different versions of it. Um, and I can't imagine the bills that they went through to cover the cost of his cancer treatments, his job at Orowit, they, um, his managers created a bank account in our family name. Wow, I was not expecting to cry on that one. But this is real, because I'm not editing. I don't, I don't even know how to edit videos yet. <laughs> I'm a one take wonder. Uh, these were people that knew my dad for six months. And they covered our house note. They covered medical bills. They made sure that we had food. They would bring us food regularly. Our neighbors would bring us food as well. Like so many people stepped up to help out. And I think it helped that they had young children. I'm the baby. So I think, I think I helped them out on that one, <laughs> convincing them that uh, they needed to donate or sponsor or, you know, have heartfelt giving contributions to us. Um, but we didn't lose our house. My mom still lives in that same house. She should have had it paid off by now, but hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully through my NFT sales, I'm going to send her some money so she can not be financially stressed. But anyways, um, we definitely learned to have a lot of faith and the kindness of strangers. I will never, ever forget. And I think those like foundational things at such a young age helped to instill in me that I should be kind to other people because there are so many people that were kind to my family. And I know that there's many people that are homeless right now, many children. I Last weekend, I went with my veteran protector. This was the person that I met in safe housing in 2020 that not only protected me for free for two months with 24-7 security detail, he also helped to restore my business technologies for Move Happy and my second business, Aaron Nicole Media that I thought were completely destroyed. And uh, I'm a part of a prayer group through social media of people from all over the world. And the top leadership of the prayer group said the focus right now is on feeding, feeding the homeless in your local communities. So she, she told me that. And then I got confirmation when my veteran protector called me and was checking in on me. And he said, I feel like we need to feed the homeless. I want to, I want to feed veterans. And he's a veteran himself. And I said, did you talk to Mary? And he's like, no, who's Mary? And I was like, well, Mary's a part of a prayer group. And she told me that the focus is on feeding the homeless. And he's like, okay, well, let's do it. Let's figure it out. So I didn't have food uh, to donate. I didn't have a lot of money, but I went to my local uh, food shelter. What is it called? Food, food bank. And I literally, I had five minutes before they were closing. 
I had volunteered there last summer with my friend that I stayed with my friend Nikki. I, I, I slept on her couch for a few months uh, while I was getting back on my feet after being homeless and whatnot. And she and I volunteered at this food bank. So I knew that they were good. And I knew that they had like donations from organizations and people just bringing food to them. So I was like, well, maybe they can help us. So I went there at five minutes until they closed shop and it was a Friday. So they were going to be closed. I think the whole weekend. Excuse me. And I told the guy what I was doing, um, that we we're going to go feed homeless people that are intense, many of which are veterans. She walked me to the back. She talked to the guy, told him what I was doing. He's like, sure, no problem. Let's get you some food. He's like, normally we have all our donations on Monday. So we're kind of, we're kind of out of certain things, but we'll get you started. I got some snack bars. We got kind, the kind company. I got so many of those kind bars. They're so good too. Uh, they donated. So thank you to the kind bar company. Um, the Nutra, Nutra brand, Nutra, Nutra grain, whatever that company is. I think it's a Kellogg's company. Um, got some of that, got some clean water for them. I said, they might need can openers. I don't know if they will or not. Um, then he handed me like 15 or 20 of these little tiny it's in my car, but they're about this big if you're watching on the vlog, maybe an inch long. It's like this little metal thing and it has this little angle. It pops open and you just take it on the edge of the can and you just, so it's a manual can opener and it's only this big. He said, yeah, the military calls it a, I'm going to say it's a DD 22 or something like that. Um, the first soldiers that, you know, they don't want to have like a bunch of heavy stuff on their bodies if they're like doing a rucksack for 10 miles or whatever. Um, uh, but they need to be able to eat in the woods to keep themselves alive and whatnot. And so, uh, we were able to, to give them some of that. I felt compelled as well. Um, went to, I need to get my oil changed because I, I drove like three hours, I think it was three and a half hours, some, somewhere around there. There's a time zone change drove there. And I knew that it was going to be a long drive. So the night before I was like, I need to oil change, make sure that my car doesn't overheat, <laughs> things of that nature. So went to the local store that uh, does oil changes. They also have a grocery store. So I, I felt compelled. I'm walking through and I'm waiting. It was going to take them 20 to 30 minutes to finish getting my car done. So I, I'm just walking around with the cart. Something told me in my spirit, I need to get dog food. And actually um, I had a homeless guy uh, as a Lyft customer earlier in the week. And he said, don't forget dog food because many of homeless people have dogs for their PTSD um, and they can't get housing because there's a no pet policy. And I was like, oh, I, I would not have thought of that. So I got two of the biggest, best brands. I asked these ladies that were about to buy some dog food. I said, I'm going to feed the homeless, many of which are veterans. I don't really know what the best dog food is. Do you guys have a recommendation? And this lady stopped what she was doing to walk around. She's like, okay, uh, I think Purina is the best one out of all these that are available. So that's the one that I got them. Cause just cause they're homeless doesn't mean they don't deserve the best. And I didn't really have the money. I put it on my credit card, but I was like, whatever, like I'll make the money up somehow. And, um, I got some fresh fruit, oranges and apples. Cause I was like, I don't know how long it's been since they've had fruit, but it can help reduce cancer risk and, uh, the vitamin C from the oranges can help them reduce being sick. Cause then if they, if they get sick guys, they don't have jobs, they don't have income coming in and then they go into the hospital and who pays for their bills. We do taxpayers do. 
So we need to help out. Like they don't have addresses. They can't get jobs right now. So anyways, um, so fun for me is doing good in my community. Um, and I don't say it to advertise or brag about myself. I'm hopefully sharing this with you so that you take action in your community because I had no idea there were 60 families we fed. We ran out of food. I'm hoping that those boxes are shared because we definitely ran out and there are still people that we couldn't get to. Um, now we're looking for medical supplies, basic. Um, I talked with this woman um, at one of, so we stopped at four camps. She was at the second one. She has been living in the woods for two years. She's not a drug addict. She's not a junkie. Her husband died unexpectedly. She missed two payments of her insurance, lost $150,000 home. She had a 12 year childcare business. The wait list two years. I know this for a fact because when I, after 2020, I had to move um, back to my home state uh, or I say my home state, my, what is now considered my home state of residency. When I moved across the country, um, I did not have residency built up because my family member that was also my landlord and I are not speaking. And I paid all of my rent money for almost two years to said family member. So I couldn't use that person as a reference. Um, so I had to build my own um, residency and whatnot, and I'm applying for housing assistance. I actually drove a couple hours to a shelter that did have space available to interview to see if it would be a good fit. And during my interview process, I'm sitting with the lady and she's filling out the paperwork about to like get me into this shelter situation where I would share one bedroom with five other people, she gets a phone call from another shelter where she's trying to remove one of the people that live there currently because this person just got out of jail for theft and they're stealing from people in the shelter that I was about to move into. And I was like, thank you, Lord, for that clarity. Cause I prayed and I said, thank you, God, for giving me clarity on this. Either close this door if you don't want me to walk through it or leave it wide open and make it evidently clear. And the Lord provided right in the right time. So that shelter uh, turned it down. Um, my mom graciously sent me some money, but she's a widow and she's taking care of my brother and his three kids who don't have a job, love them to death, but he needs to get his act together. And she's financially stressed, but she's a saver. She's been saving her all. She probably has millions in the bank. I don't even know. She don't talk about her money as her business. Anyways, she sent me some money for an Airbnb. So uh, January, February of 2021, I stayed in this Airbnb. This guy hooked it up. Um, he and I are connected on social media. He's doing real good in the world and he's smart. He's a smart businessman and he's a gamer. So he had good quality internet, which was important for me because the Holy spirit revealed to me in my heart that I was going to start this nonprofit. Didn't know when, but it was while I was in safe housing still. And I knew that I needed to get into a spot that had good Wi-Fi because uh, how am I going to start an online concert series with like questionable internet that's buffering? Ain't nobody got time for that. So I did my first concert of 2021 over Valentine's weekend for veterans and first responders to connect them together to build their social health and to entertain them because I'm a good singer. And I had written all of these songs over the course of the eight weeks, I wrote eight songs in eight weeks during my time in safe housing. 
And then in the last about 14 to 15 months, I've written 32 songs. I just got a new song idea a couple of days ago. So that's 33. So fun for me is getting a lot accomplished in 24 hours. People are like, how are you able to do so much? Oh, you don't have kids. That's why you don't have kids. So you don't have the, no, I had children. I had two teenage daughters that were my stepdaughters when I was in my master's program. And I drove to and from Oregon and Washington state every single week, helping to provide financially for my family, because my now ex-husband at that time, we were not married yet told me that I needed to financially contribute, although I was in graduate school and he got $26,000 every year just for breathing as a gift from his mom and dad. He wanted me to contribute financially while I was in my master's program, having my full tuition covered. And I made $1,025 each month for 10 month contract. And he wanted me to bring in more money. So I did, I figured it out. And I started substitute teaching in the Olympia school district in there. There was a co-op. Um, I lived out in Elma at the time in Elma, Washington. And I never subbed in Elma. I did sub in, there was like five or six school districts that were connected in this co-op because they were out in the country. So they all united. Um, I also substituted in Tenino school district. This was on Thursdays and Fridays, my second year. Uh, I went to all of my teenage stepdaughters, concerts, track meets, cheerleading events. Um, I did it all. And I still was able to create a fifth grade curriculum. Well, it was intended for fifth grade, but it was evaluated from 15 teachers in the classroom, elementary classroom, the music room, and in the PE. And the feedback was that it was actually for music, it was high school level. And for dance, it was middle school level. It was actually way above. Um, I did not get any degrees in music, but I studied my tail off in choir with Mr. Krause in high school. And I went to the only professional dance experience I had was going to a summer camp intensive at the College of the Siskiyous with um, Grammy award winning winners, Roger Emerson, Kirby Shaw and Disney choreographer John Jacobson, who's now associated with some big music curriculum design organization uh, in the United States. And I got to work with them as high school students. That's the only professional dance experience I had. I was able to create five songs, five dances, curriculum, hand script out the music for this program called Project Asthma that I designed, got a 20, 30 page, somewhere around there, paper that I wrote during that same year while being a, a step-parent, taught four physical activity classes, two hours each, so eight hours a week, teaching and instructing, handling about a thousand emails a week my first year, and learned quickly uh, to communicate in advance to my students so they would only email me in emergencies. Um, what else? <laughs> Uh, I roomed through the grace, through the grace of God, connecting me to Rachel Beckman, who is, she's my hero. I needed housing assistance my second year because I didn't take any student loans out. And there are laws that, um, I don't know exactly how it happened, but they said, oh, you didn't take any student loans out. So you have to pay all your quarterly fees out of pocket. Otherwise you're going to lose your scholarship. So I had to figure out how to pay $1,300 like that unexpectedly and didn't have housing money, but I had $150 budget each month, $150, you guys. I met Rachel through running. We met our first day in 
the graduate school orientation. She came and sat down next to me and her hair was still wet. She had this super short hair, super cute figure. And she had a blow dryer in her hand and she was like rushing like she just got out of the pool. And I'm pretty sure she did because this girl was super fit. She sits next to me in the back. She's like, hey, are you into fitness? And I don't know how she knew because I was definitely overweight at this point um, in 2010 when I first joined in September graduate school. Um, but somehow she knew that I was into fitness and we struck up a conversation and I told her I love running. Um, I'm going to be teaching fitness classes. They're paying my tuition. She was like, oh, that's dope. So we built a friendship through fitness and I shared some of my music with her. When my aunt passed away, I wrote a song about it and we hung out a few times. She invited me to her friend's CrossFit gym, who was also the head of the club impact at Oregon state university for all, um, families in the community. It's a really great program that has, uh, anyone in the community qualifies for it. If they have a child 21 years or younger that has some sort of physical or cognitive disability. What it is, it's the Friday night program for, I want to say it's three hours long. They get an hour and a half of land activities and they get an hour and a half of water activities with a paired uh, mentor from the college. And I know about it because I took um, the graduate course requirement was to have one class with Dr. Uh, he called himself JK, but it was Jun Kuyun. He was the head of, the, of that department for physical activity of, and special disabilities and whatnot. Um, he was the main you know, professor, but Rachel's friend, Jennifer, I want to say, oh gosh, I'm going to time myself. This is a while ago. She was in her PhD program. Her responsibility was to run it, to organize it, to make sure all the volunteers were set in place and all that. And I volunteered. So I got to experience it. Um, they had cancellations last minute, you know, college students like, have a date night themselves, or uh, maybe they were sick and they didn't want to, you know, get this child sick or whatever. So I volunteered and I got paired up with a child and I used to teach swimming lessons before graduate school. So I was like, Hey, I already know how to teach swimming. Like, and they needed swim instructors. So all of those things lined up and Rachel helped to connect me to her and then they were buddies. So then they liked me. So they added me to their friend circle. And by my second year, I told her I had a housing need. Um, we went to this pizza place that um, actually Barack Obama went. That uh, was like the famous spot that he and his wife went to because uh, Michelle's brother was the coach of the basketball team. <laughs> and um, uh, we, we went there. I can't remember the name of it, but it's on that main drag where all the restaurants are. <clears throat> and if you've been to Oregon State university's campus you'll probably know exactly the name of the pizza spot so we're sitting in there and I'm like hey I have this need I know that this is coming up next year and I also know that I want to be able to spend more quality time um, with my partner he decided to switch the family plan from every other weekend to 50 percent parenting from my first year in grad school to my second year uh, so that was a huge shift in our family dynamics and I knew he did not know how to grocery shop because I met him and I cooked for him and I saw his fridge when we first started dating. And I was like, you don't even have any vegetables. Like, bro, let me help you out. So I knew he was going to need a lot of help. And I stepped up to the plate. Um, my maternal instincts came through and I didn't even know that I had. And I told her, I said, I have a need, like financially, I need cheap housing. If you know of it, anyone, I wasn't thinking she would be the one. I just told her, like, I, I wanted I wanted a recommendation 
from her because she was my friend and I trusted her. And she said, why don't you just live with me? And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, I'm in the Coast Guard. They're paying for my housing and they give me the same monthly salary as if I'm working full time. But all I'm doing is going to school. And as long as I keep my grades up, the housing is covered. Like I don't have to pay anything. And I was like, well, I can't just take it for free. Like maybe I'll, I'll give you something. And she's like, okay, whatever. Like it's no big deal. So I figured out my budget. And right before the school year started, that was at the end of the, <clears throat> the first year. And then towards the beginning of the second year of my grad school, um, 2011, 2012, <laughs> I asked her in writing because I wanted to make sure she felt good about it. Maybe she changed her mind over the summer, whatever. And I said, hey, are, are you still good with me living with you? Um, I figured out my budget and I can afford 150 a month because I felt I wasn't married to my partner, even though I was ready to help. Uh, I felt like finances should not be combined unless you're married. Like, I don't know why I just, I felt like that value differences or whatever. And so I had $150. I could have easily had more if I knew how to ask for more back then, but I wasn't finance. I wasn't confident in asking for help. I'm very independent and stubborn. So I told her I had $150. She's like, okay, that works for me. No problem. So I'm writing her checks each month. And the first, the first month's check, she didn't cash it for a while. And I was trying to make sure that my, my checkbook was balanced because I had a thousand twenty-five dollars a month and I was driving to and from Oregon and Washington every week. If I was in a car accident, I didn't have money for my deductible. Uh, like times were tight, but I was like, the Lord protected me every single week. All the staff found out they were like, you're doing what you're traveling to and from Oregon, Washington like, please stay safe on the road. Like everybody started stepping up to like help out and decrease my stress. It was great. It was great. And I was fine. Rachel took a while to cash the first check. I kept reminding her and reminding her. Finally, she cashed the first check. And then I forgot about it after that. I just kept writing her checks every month. Well, <laughs> they have this thing. And if you are a young person and you're listening to this and you're like, what is a check? Uh, well, it's this piece of paper that you actually write. And then your bank will actually deposit money in someone else's bank once it gets scanned into their system. And Rachel didn't cash any other check for me. I didn't know that she didn't because I stopped keeping track after that first month because I just started trusting in God more and um, I just wasn't worried about it. I had gotten a couple of gigs with my uh, jazz group that I was a part of two plus two. And I got some like cash and some extra money came in somehow um, I remember my mom sent grocery money at one point, the difference, you know, small little blessings like that happened. And I just, I kind of forgot about checking the checkbook. Well, after about, I want to say it's six months. If, if the check is dated, uh, it starts going back into your bank account. If, if the check itself is not deposited and I'm not sure how they track that, but in any case, I started seeing. Rachel Beckman plus 150, Rachel Beckman plus 150. And I was like on my bank account one day and I was like, what is this? So I reached out to her and I was like, hey, it looks like the money is coming back into my account. Like, are you okay? Like what's going on? And she goes, I knew if I told you that I was giving you your rent for free, you wouldn't let me bless you. I know that there's a person listening to this right now that needs to hear that. 
There are good people in this world. There are good, generous women in this world and men, and they, them, they're people that just want to help people with no ulterior motives. And I got to live with her for a year and had so much joy. Oh my gosh, she's hilarious. She got me into roller derby. I had never been to a roller derby event before, and that was really fun. She actually is the first person that introduced podcasts to me. I had no idea in 2010, 2011, she introduced podcasting to me. And now I have a podcast that I've had some of the top most badass leaders in all brands, all businesses, government leaders. And I didn't even know what it was 10 years ago because we're in 2022. I had just started hearing about it. Uh, she also, I picked her up from the airport one day, uh, when I first moved in there it was around October, she went to the Hawaii Ironman and that wasn't her first Ironman. And if you're not sure, like what is an Ironman? An Ironman is a full marathon, 26.2 miles. Um, hers was, I want to say 112 mile run, a uh, bike, excuse me. So run bike and swim 3.1 or two miles all in one day. She completed all of that. And that wasn't her first one. She loved fitness. And I got to live with her for a year and be influenced by just her just being herself. So we would go and we would run, we'd work out together. Um, during the holiday break, my, so my partner at the time, um, we loved poker and I still do. Uh, but we had like poker nights. We had moved out in the country, so we weren't having as many. We used to have, when we first were dating, uh, we lived in Tacoma and that was closer to his friends. So we would have weekly poker nights with his buddies and just like a $5 buy-in and then, you know, drink your beer or whatever and just have like a good, healthy social time. Well, we were su super isolated living out in the country. He wanted to be next to his parents. His dad was getting older. And then he also wanted to change his parenting plan to save on money, not to be with his daughters. Cause he told me that, uh, truth hurts sometimes, but that's reality. Uh, we did a poker night and she drove all the way up to hang out. And then we ran the next morning for an hour. She ran way faster than me, but she never judged me. And she'd come right back. She's like, I don't care what your race pace is. I don't care about any of that. Like I care about just spending quality time with people that do the things that I like to do and I'm going to cheer you on. And I was just like, wow, like I never met anybody like that before. She's such a cool lady. Um, I tried to reach out to her, but someone messed up her email in my email account. And they also like disconnected her from Facebook or she did disconnected herself. Um, so hopefully that gets fixed one day because she's a really cool lady and uh yeah so anyways fun for me in grad school was working my tail off providing for my family um being super creative with my project asthma um and I wanted to take it to the next level I had never written <clears throat> songs like that before and I never choreographed anything before and I turned it into um so Alfred Bandura it was my like theory foundation is social cognitive theory of modeling and so they wanted a concept they said can you do like a dvd video my <laughs> my advisor is like totally like 
pimping me out for all these extra services. I should have got a PhD, but it's fine. So I did this video and she's like, it would be great if you could get other people that you teach to demonstrate that it is actually duplicatable. And I was like, well, I have two stepdaughters that are uh, both diagnosed with asthma. And I was recently diagnosed with asthma. So I was like, well, how cool would that be if we're actually demonstrating this dance and song thing? So I asked them, I asked their dad permission. They gave me permission and we filmed it. Uh, my brother actually, um, who goes by Jay Rice online, if you're listening, follow him everywhere. He's big on YouTube. He's got some new music out recently as well. He actually mixed all the music for me for free. Um, I wrote these songs while many of them, um, one of the songs I remember I was writing while I was getting a new starter put in my car and they were fixing some kind of wheel bearings or something. Um, one of the songs trigger, I remember writing in the McDonald's parking lot right next to the doctor's office or the hospital in federal way. I had to get an acetylcholine challenge test because I was considering joining the military to pay off all my freaking student loans for my undergrad. And uh, they required it because I was diagnosed with asthma to take this new test to then say that I don't have asthma, which they passed me on. But all the research that I was doing on asthma in graduate school demonstrated to me that I actually could have it. But the test that they required that's standardized for the Air Force um, is in a calm, cool room. I'm seated. I'm not exercising. I don't have any of my allergens around. And so it's not actually accurate at all, uh, but I passed it. So I guess I could still join if I didn't use my inhaler, but I'm helping veterans in my own way through my nonprofit now. And I remember writing this song while I was waiting because I'm always early to every appointment. Like I'm never late to anything. If I'm late, like you better call 911 because there's an emergency. <laughs> and so I'm in the McDonald's and I'm reading through I'm uh, reading through my paper at this point. I'm evaluating, I'm editing, because uh, you had to have for graduate school, you have to have this like presentation paper. Here's what I plan to do. Here's the research I plan to do, the methods that I plan to do. And then you have to present it to a board of uh, doctors that then approve you or they deny you and they require you to do certain things to approve it. Um, and so I was in the middle of writing that paper and the idea came to me like this because I was having all of these empirical research studies that I was reading through and the music just came to me and I was like I know what I'm gonna do and so I decided that um, I was gonna have a song that was introducing the topic the condition what is it it's asthma educating then I was gonna have signs and symptoms and then I was gonna have one on triggers and that is a song they came to me in the McDonald's triggers. Trigger, trigger, tell me what's your trigger. Trigger, trigger, what sets you off? Trigger, trigger, there are different triggers. Trigger, trigger, can cause an attack. All of the lyrics in the melody came through me. I started pouring out the lyrics in my computer as I'm waiting for my doctor's appointment. Like I didn't ever waste a minute. Ever. So when people say, oh, you don't have kids, that's how you get. No, I had kids. They weren't mine. I didn't birth them, 
but I was a step parent and all step parents that are listening to this right now, or friends or family members of those that are step parents, it is the highest stress environment of a family that you could have. The dynamic of being a step parent is the highest and it's the most highest, most likely to end in divorce. So when I say that I was able to get a lot accomplished while also being a step parent, um, that sets the bar way above what any one's excuses for why you aren't living an epic life yourself. So I don't, I don't really have any space for excuses. If you have excuses, you just really don't want whatever your goals and dreams are enough. Ooh, I know I hurt somebody's heart right there. I'm calling you out on the counter right now. Anyways, I want to have an epic life. I had this foundation in high school with Mr. Krause. I got to uh, meet him at nine years old, be surrounded by him while my oldest brother was in the music company. And then in junior high, we got to perform uh, joint concerts with the high school. So I was reminded of why I wanted to be in the music company group. And then as a freshman, I was an alternate. I initially was, I was not accepted and invited into the group because the competition, the audition process was so, it was so neat. It was like, you wanted to be invited. You had to be invited. You had to be the best of the best at your junior high in the district to be invited to then audition. If you were then invited to audition, that did not guarantee a spot because there were only 10 spots for girls and 10 spots for guys. And the competition for women was more challenging because more girls uh, joined choir because back then it was considered gay. You were gay or you were, um, and gay, I don't mean like, gay as in homosexual, they used gay negatively as an insult. And Mr. Krause helped us to change and flip the script by creating a class, an organization of leaders that everyone in the school district, everyone in our state knew about it. And everyone in Hawaii, California, anywhere we went, Canada knew about the music company. And we started getting more men into the group. I was an alternate. I initially didn't make the group. I didn't make it because I tied with my score. He had created a 50 point assessment scale requiring us. He would score us on different areas of um, music, reading, sight, reading, playing notes, repeating, recalling um, vocal tones that we heard, singing a song that we chose, performing it to him, telling him what notes were on the page what the different symbols meant. Um, he made it extremely challenging. And I had only been in music from my first year in public school. Sixth grade was my first year, once a week, once a week, 30 minutes music, once a week, 30 minutes the year my father had cancer. Do you think my mind was focused on music? No, my, my mind was focused on my father almost dying. I was invited I was in a ba uh, band. I played the flute. I had just got the flute the year before. I paid for it with my paper route money. My neighbor was teaching me, my neighbor Promise, Penny's daughter, was teaching me how to play the flute. And Penny is the woman that I talked about earlier in today's episode that invited me to sing on stage at five years old in front of 300 church members at Life Center. And I joined band. Uh, my mom, found out about uh, my my middle brother, Josh, was in the uh, advanced band in high school. When he was in sixth grade, he was invited to audition 
to be a part of the junior high band as a sixth grader, where the junior high is seventh through ninth grade, he was invited to audition and he made it. So, but mom had to drive him to be able to be in the advanced band. And so she, then she wanted it for me and I wanted to be in the advanced band, something to look forward to. <laughs> so she drove me and I got to spend an hour with all of these junior high kids in band every single morning. Whew, that was so fun. And then she would take me to school at the elementary Miss Taylor's class. So I got to show up late to school, excused every single day, but I had music. I had joy. I had music every single day for an hour, every single day. So sixth grade was 30 minutes of my elementary band. And then I got bored because I was in the advanced band. Okay. <laughs> I didn't sing in choir until seventh grade, second semester, because I was in a remedial reading group in seventh grade. So half the year, so once one 30 minute per week during the school year in sixth grade, seventh grade, I only had half of a year in choir. Eighth grade, I was in the top choir for the junior high. Ninth grade, I was in the top choir for the junior high and I got a solo in front of all of the students. And then I was invited to be, so oh, that's only two full years, a half a year, and then 30 minutes once a week. I didn't have that much time to then be invited to audition to this top elite music group. But when God has his hand of favor and has designed and created in you to do something, he sets plans in motion for you to have opportunities for you to lean into your craft. So I really encourage you, if you're listening to this right now, pay attention to your genius zone. That is when you do something that it flows so easily within your being where you lose track of time and you accelerate quickly while you don't feel like you're working. It's effortless for you. Many of us will work so hard in jobs that we don't like because we feel like we have to put hard work in because that old adage that if you work hard, then you get paid. But actually, it's the opposite. If you do what you love, the money will come. So I auditioned as a 14-year-old for this top elite music group where I would spend an hour after school and get an extra credit in music and art. Uh, to be a part of this group. And I'd get to miss school because I get to travel around and perform. And this was a low income school district, but he created a sense of value that I wanted so bad. And I didn't make it because there was a senior that sang the same part as me. And I scored the same as a senior that was 17 or 18 years old. And I scored the same with only two years of choir experience, two and a half. And actually, no, because it was during my ninth grade year when I auditioned. I want to say he did auditions, and I'm going to have Mr. Krause on the show soon, so he'll be able to vouch for this or not. Uh, I want to say he came to our school in April, and we auditioned in April for the following school year. Like, he was very organized. He was very business-minded about everything. I only had, like, two years of choir experience to then be invited to the top elite choir in the entire school district. Like amazing. And I was sad. I was really sad that I didn't make the group because it was my dream since I was nine years old to be a part of this group. And I didn't make it. And we had some, some tough things go on. My oldest brother at that point 
was getting kicked out of the military um, for not being honest and forthright. Um, and he said it was a neutral discharge, but I don't think there are neutral discharges in the military. Um, he might share a different version of the story. Um, he has since changed some behaviors in his life and I have seen him mature in some capacities. Um, but he was my abuser for two years chronically from three to five years old, sexually, physically, violently, uh, verbally, I should say. And I never knew what kind of abuse I was going to get. He was very strategic with how he would hide it from mom and dad. Um, I was afraid when he was getting kicked out because anytime he was getting kicked out of the military or kicked out of a program or got a bad grade on anytime something was bad news for him, he took it out on me. So I went into complete shutdown mentally as a 14 year old because I lost the opportunity to be a part of this music group that I dreamed of being a part of. My abuser was coming back home and I was afraid that he was going to be living with us and I would be either beaten or sexually abused again. I just, I didn't know. I didn't know because it happened for two years and nobody knew for, a, I kept the secret for 11 years because I was afraid of him at that point. And uh, my brain mentally just shut down. I didn't know what was happening to me. And I didn't talk to anybody in school for two weeks. Um, there was a suicide that year. An eighth grader from another junior high committed suicide. I was asked because I was in the choir and I was singing all the time with Annalise. And we were asked to sing at the funeral of this eighth grade students. <sighs> that was not easy. It was like probably 13, 12 or 13 years old. And I was 14 and I had to sing at a funeral of a kid that killed himself. There was a lot of spiritual attacks going on on my mind at that time and in our community. It, there was a lot of darkness, a lot of sadness. There was a, she wasn't a pastor, but at that point we were still going to Clover Creek Bible Fellowship, um, which has since changed names. They're, they're now actually um, an affiliate um, extension of Life Center. I think they're the Rainier location now. Anyways, um, one of the, I want to say church leaders, she wasn't an official leader, but she was like a volunteer. I want to say she was the wife of um, one of the guys that was friends with my dad. She came into our, our um, portable, which all the high school and uh, junior high kids would go out there. Junior high was like, I think the first hour and then high school was the second or something like that. Anyways, she came in and for some reason, she told all of us that she thought about suicide every single day and that she kept her gun under her pillow. And I was like, I'm 14 years old. Like, this is not an appropriate conversation for you to be having with us right now. I didn't understand why she was talking about that. Um, and so there was a lot of those kind of weird things. My doctor, we went to my pediatrician, um, my mom and my dad took the day off or the afternoon off and we went and I still, I had extreme anxieties in the mornings. Um, I didn't want to go to school. I had huge fears about going to school. I didn't want to fail. My math teacher went on cancer leave and he had a student teacher. She had just graduated. She was extremely pregnant and hormonal. 
She did not know what she was doing. And I am a perfectionist. I desire to do things well with excellence. My father, I'm the granddaughter of a World War II veteran. My father raised me as the son of a World War II veteran. And I wanted to make my father proud all the time. And so for me, I felt like I'm going to fail. I'm going to get bad grades. I'm not going to understand my math. And I stressed because it was like all of these things were happening at once. And my mom started to go back to work. She hadn't been working because I'm the baby um, at that point for 14 years. All I knew was that mom was always available. And then all of a sudden she wasn't anymore. So I, my mind went into mental crisis. It was too many stressors. And I didn't know how to fix it. I have the gift of vision, but I had some visions at 14 years old that were worst case scenario. I didn't know how to manipulate and control this supernatural gift that God has given me. I have since learned to shape shape and shift it uh, through meditation and exercise and music and whatnot. Um, But at that place in time, it was a very, very extremely challenging season. And I do believe that I was spiritually attacked during that time. And we went to my doctor's appointment to see if there was any medications. My aunt, I'm sure was influencing my mom on this because she's a former nurse professor instructor and very medically minded. However, if you're listening to this and you're a parent of a teenager, uh, be extremely cautious of giving medications to someone that is still growing hormonally Um, all bottles of psychiatric medications have warnings on them to pay attention to the behavior of your teenager because they could kill themselves. They are at higher risk because their hormones are out of whack. And I didn't know that at the time, but I do have discernment and wisdom because I was raised around my grandmother and we went to her house two to three days a week and I was spiritually fed. We went to church every Sunday and I believe children can be extremely knowledgeable through real life experiences. And the doctor had me talk to him privately. My parents went out of the room. He said, I wanna put you on some medication. It was like our pep talk. And I said, I don't want to. And he said, why not? I said, well, I'd like to try something else. What other options do I have? He said, there are no other options. Okay. That's all I could muster up to say because I was so withdrawn and depressed. I did not want to take medication. It wasn't that I was against medication. I requested alternative methods. So here's what happened. He brought my parents back in the room and he said, all right, mom and dad, here's what we've decided. Aaron's going to try this, uh, this drug out for the next three months. Then we're gonna schedule a follow-up appointment. She, she and I have agreed to try this out for the next three months. And I'm thinking in my mind, you mother effer, you are such an effing liar. Honesty and integrity, I had decided earlier that year were part of my core values. Uh, my mom's best friend, Rebecca Chisholm, had given me this book while I was um, going through the challenging seasons. She handed me this book called The Seven ha- um, Habits of Highly Effective Teens. And it has little worksheets in it. There's little questions. You fill in your mission statement, your life goals, things of that nature. And I had decided that honesty and integrity were my core values. And my doctor, my family doctor that had been our family doctor for 21 years, lied to my parents. 
So he was no good for me anymore. I couldn't speak up for myself though, because I was so withdrawn and so depressed and so anxious and just exhausted from all of the mental strain that my body was going through. We get in the car, they have the prescription. We're going to go pick up the prescription. I mustered up the courage to say, mom, he lied to me. He lied to you. She said, what? Dr. Russell, he lied to you. What do you mean? I told him I didn't want to take the medication. He lied to you. He told me there was no other option. She was pissed. She spent 21 years taking us to this doctor for all our sicknesses, for all our immunizations, for everything, for three children. And in one incident, when I requested as his patient, I was his customer. I asked him for an alternative to drugs. And he told me there wasn't an alternative. And then he lied to my mom and dad and told them that I had agreed to take drugs. He lost the complete trust of 21 years of a customer with three kids and all of my mother's network in an instant. And he taught me in that moment to not trust taking medication because my doctor doesn't have my best interest at heart. He didn't listen to me. Um, it wasn't until I got to college at Pacific Lutheran University, I actually took a, as part of my requirements for uh, K-12 health and fitness, uh, we had to take a drug and alcohol uh, safety course where we learned about the different symptoms, side effects, you know, things to be cautious of. And I remembered um, we had different group presentations on different drugs. And one of the groups had presented on um, anxiety and depression medication and that actually flipped the script for me and made me feel more open to trying out medications if I needed to. Um, they said in that room that there are, if, if there's a drug that doesn't work for you, there are like a hundred different kinds of ways that they chemically process the drugs and it just might not be the right one for you, uh, but to try different things out and things of that nature and it was really infor informative, educational, and it made me think, okay, maybe, maybe my doctor had good intentions, but he did not, he definitely did not go about it the right way. You can't just not listen to your patient. If they are trying their best and they're depressed to speak up, you need to lean in and listen and ask them follow-up questions. For example, what would have worked better for me is, hey, I do have a bunch of clients today, but I'd love to brainstorm with you. Is it okay with you if we schedule a follow-up meeting for next week where you come up with 10 ideas and I'll come up with 10 ideas, and then we see if we can find um, a few options that work really well for you? You don't have to have the answer right then, but that would have saved him three kids, uh, the business of a parent that's paying for all of our appointments, because they, I remember, sent a letter to my mom saying that we could continue on being patients of his well into college years, because he probably was losing clients left and right, because he wasn't listening to their needs. So I say that to say, 
adding fun to your day might require taking medication for your mental health. I'm okay with that. I started, I started trying, um, in college after, so I was, I was raped in college from a boyfriend and it's not really a surprise. Like for those that have been raped, you learn the statistics. It's usually not a stranger. It's not stranger danger. It's someone that has built trust with you. There's usually alcohol involved. It's like 85% of rape cases or something like very high stats. Um, it's someone that, you know, someone that you has romantic feelings for you, or you have romantic feelings for them. And usually there's alcohol involved and, uh, cause it's their way, uh, for losers that don't have any game to get confident or to make you weak enough to then take advantage of your body. And that happened to me. This was an army ranger and I have nothing against the army, but it's facts. This was an army ranger. He was really hot and he lost half of his platoon. They died. And he pointed each of them out to me in his like little book. It was like a yearbook, but it was for all the military groups and I prayed on it a lot. And I had a lot of people that did not support me like they should have. Like the officer that I reported the crime to told me that I would have ruined this man's career if I pressed charges. And did I want to ruin his career? It was not my decision to ruin it. Uh, it was his decision to rape me. And hindsight uh, maybe I should have pressed charges, but I did what I felt the Holy Spirit and what Jesus would do was to forgive him and to make the officer scare the living shit out of him, pardon my French, so that he would not do that to any other woman. I don't know if he has done that to other women or not, uh, but I felt compassion for him because half of his platoon died and I felt like he probably didn't get the help and resources from the military um, because hurting people hurt people. And I decided to end the cycle with me. However, I was not sleeping well through the night that happened in December, I wanna say in the following January, we had J term where I had to take a literature class and I was reading materials required for the class. And uh, my professor did not warn us in advance that I would be reading about a woman that was bound and sexually assaulted and raped. I was crying and I didn't understand why I was crying. And my mom said, Aaron, you have it. I'm going to get through this. She said, Aaron, you haven't allowed yourself time to grieve through what happened to you. You see, she knew because when I went to get the rape kit done, she went with me. Imagine being a parent of a college student and rape happens often in college. Imagine being a parent and going with your daughter or your son to the hospital to get a rape kit performed to see if there is evidence of rape to then have the option to press charges to then get tested for STDs 
from someone that couldn't keep it in their pants. I did not think in that moment because I was in crisis what it would do to my mother's emotional well being. And uh, so in January, she had complete understanding and compassion because she was there. She saw the nurse scanning the camera up my hoo-ha. She saw the bruised and tearing of my vaginal wall and the bruising and tearing in my anus. from a person that I should have been able to trust. That wasn't fun for me, not at all. And I was dealing with PTSD extremely, extremely challenging, but I had gone to the school therapist one time and you might be listening one time, I'm sure that that made a big difference. No, what it did was bring awareness and enlightenment to me uh, for my presentation experience this year, the power to choose joy music experience, <clears throat> because I had learned from a college student friend who actually went to high school with Shannon. She said, be careful what you share with the school therapist. I said, what do you mean? She said, if you're having any self-harm thoughts, they can kick you out of school. And I was like, I don't want to get kicked out of school. So this man raped me. Then I couldn't talk about my actual feelings, my actual thought patterns that I was trying to fix and get rid of because the, the school therapists have an obligation to report if anyone is having self-harm thoughts to remove them from the school instead of help them heal which is your job if you're a licensed therapist, but they are obligated because they are paid from the university to uh, not lose the brand presence of your university or college, which is sick. It's absolutely sick, but it's the truth. It is my truth and it is many, many people's truths in college. 40% of freshmen will not make it to their sophomore year in college nationwide. How many freshmen are dealing with depression and shared that they have had self-harm thoughts from rape or other conditions with their therapist, thinking that it was a safe space for them to talk about their mental health problems. Imagine those stats were pre-pandemic. How many college students are not making it to their sophomore year, how much money is being lost from universities and colleges nationwide. I was able to solve that problem for myself. I made it through and I not only completed my bachelor's degree, I went and had my master's degree completely funded and they paid me to go to school with no prior background in teaching fitness classes and no one in my immediate family has a master's degree. No one supported me at that school that was supposed to support me. However, that therapist that I went to the first time, she confirmed. I said, if I share with you thoughts of self-harm or anything like that, and I'm not saying that I am having those thoughts, but if I did share those thoughts with you, would you kick me out of school? I was concerned about it. So I brought it up. I'm very direct. 
Like, let's not beat around the bush. And she said, well, depending on what you would share and reveal with me as a therapist for the university, I do have an obligation to the safety of our students. So if I felt that you had shared something in our meeting that could cause harm to you or cause harm to your fellow classmates, I would have to report it to the school. I would have to report it to your advisor. And then we as a school would make a decision. That to me was, I will be kicked out if I share these thoughts. So I said, okay, thank you so much for your time. And I left and I never came back. But I think what happened, she realized I didn't schedule a follow-up appointment with her, or I think I scheduled and then I canceled it. I believe she went and reached out to my advisor because I filled out the paperwork. And so she knew who my advisor was because I'm very good about filling paperwork and I filled out every single box. And Dr. McConnell is my advisor. She, I'm pretty sure, was made aware of what happened. She's a very, very intuitive person. She went through her own therapy and talked about it in, in our classes. So she was open about mental health. Uh, Francis Brasinia Window, who is a military spouse, um, her husband's retired from the Air Force. He was in for 20 or 21 years. Um, she just started working at our school as an instructor in my department. And she taught a couple different groups and she and I had connected. I actually um, started babysitting for her. I believe Dr. McConnell talked with her and said, we need to figure out how to get her feeling valuable again. Do you need a babysitter? And so she asked me to come over and I babysat her kids. She paid me. I got to spend time with children, which I love. And uh, we built a friendship. She's still my friend today. She's showed up to concerts of mine, brought her family uh, she actually went to my house before I moved across the country and showed up and like encouraged me like really awesome lady. Uh, Dr. McConnell did a lot more things. Um, I tried to quit school. I was extremely depressed and I actually asked, I emailed Dr. McConnell, which is normal for you to quit things that you love. I quit choir. I quit school. I was ready to quit life at that point, because when the officer that's supposed to protect me told me basically that it was my fault, what happened, instead of standing up for the victim, it made me feel like I didn't matter. And why was I even here anymore? And I know I'm not the only one that, that feels that right now. Maybe you're going through that right now. Keep going. Don't give up. There are people that care and love you. Strangers care. Uh, reach out to somebody, call the suicide hotline if you need to, like do whatever you need to do. So Dr. McConnell knew that I quit choir and she discouraged me from it, but I was like, my dad told me there's extra bills. Like it doesn't work with my work schedule because I was um, manager or supervisor at the pool at that point. And I just, I had extra bills and it wasn't, it wasn't driving with with the jazz choir, I had quit jazz choir and I switched, I'm um, actually dropped out of choir completely. I turned my music scholarship into an academic one and I got on the Dean's list because I had straight A's. Um, I was working so hard to focus so hard on my school. And if you are an instructor in college or universities or even high school, um, cause you could be raped at any age really. Um, if you notice that your students are particularly interested all of a sudden in being very studious and this is a new behavior this is a change in behavior 
you might just check in on them because they might have had a tragedy happen and they're trying their best to focus on something positive. So that's what I was doing. I was focused so much on my score because that was the only thing that I had going for me that I had to look forward to. I quit everything else so that I could laser hyper focus, um, which is a huge sign of PTSD. Nobody diagnosed me. No one diagnosed me with PTSD. I knew that within myself through my own research online. That's exactly what I was doing. So Dr. McConnell called me into her office when I emailed her asking to take a semester off of school. Initially, I was like, I just want to take a semester off and just take a break and like, I'll come back. She knew that I wasn't going to come back if I was taking a semester off. So she said, absolutely no problem. I'll sign the paperwork. She was not argumentative at all, which is a huge psychological tactic. Love you, Dr. McConnell. She said, just give me two weeks. Give me two weeks. And if you still feel the same way, then I'll sign all the paperwork and I won't argue with it at all. Well, I agreed to that. And during those two weeks, she started reaching out to everybody to get, get me help, get me social support, make sure that I felt included, wanted. Um, I was dating a guy before the Army Ranger and he was in my department, Jared, and he was kind of a butt during that time. And he didn't really recognize what was going on, but he actually apologized towards the end of the year. So we're cool now. But like, I don't know what he was, what, what was going on in his life, but he just, he was not nice at all, but I just didn't focus on him. Rachel, uh, Rachel in my program there, she and I started hanging out and that was really cool. And she coached in the Bethel school district. And so I got to like hear about her perspectives on working and coaching as um, middle school athletes or junior high athletes and also doing the school thing. And she was also a bartender. And so I was like, how are you doing all this? Like, that's crazy. That's cool. Um, and I started hanging out with people again. I started having some healing. I went on a mission trip to Mexico and I believe on the bus ride home, the lyrics came to me for my song, somebody new. It might've been around that time or it might've been a different time of memory is a little bit blurry, but I know that I started writing through my healing journey, the song, somebody new. I have walked behind your shadow. I followed close to your path. Haven't taken many chances. Always afraid that you would laugh. But here I am in the front line, devoting all of my energy. And I've come to the realization people love me when I'm me, somebody new. That's me, somebody new, trying to break free, somebody new, learning to express myself, somebody new, that's me and no one else. And there's a second verse, of course, and repeat the chorus. Well, music started to make me feel joyful again. I started to want to sing again because I wasn't in choir. I wasn't practicing every day. And I, I forgot how happy it made me feel and how joyful it made me feel. But Dr. McConnell didn't forget. And one day I had the lyrics, um, you know, you have these like binders with these little plastic sheet. You can like put things behind it, like pictures and different things. Well, I put the lyrics in there to remind myself in my mind that I created something to keep my, my mind on positive things. Cause I did go to therapy in ninth grade, three sessions. Cause that's all insurance would allow. But one of the things my uh, Christian counselor suggested 
one day was to write down 25 accomplishments and I took it to the next level. And I think I did a hundred accomplishments that I had because <laughs> I'm just type A personality. And I remembered that from when I was 14. So I encourage you, if you are thinking about taking your kid, your adolescent or teen to therapy, I encourage you to do it because you are setting them up for a win when they go through struggles as adults. I remembered that. And I put the song lyrics in my binder and then Rachel, my classmate, um, when I got, I walked into my school health class and we were there a few minutes before uh, the class started with Dr. McConnell <clears throat> and Rachel says, oh, what's that? Really loud. She was talking extra loud. And I was like, oh, it's a song that I wrote. She's like, you wrote a song. And at that point, Dr. McConnell walks in the room and she's like, a song. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, come on to the front, sing it to us. And I was like, ah, I don't want it. But I started the healing journey and she could tell that I needed to perform. She's like, she knew I'm, I love Dr. McConnell. So although I was nervous and my voice was shaky, I sang that song that you just heard me sing somebody new in front of all my classmates in my school health class. Um, one of which Heather actually worked and is friends with Siri Gisi, who is a previous podcast guest uh, from Last year, Siri is the middle school health and fitness teacher at a school in Clover Park School District, where I coached uh, the one and only year I coached. I coached her students cross country. I was the, the second or assistant coach with Tim Corey, who is a veteran. And Siri and I made, uh, became friends there because she had a CrossFit shirt on. And I was like, oh, I'm looking to join a CrossFit gym. And she's like, I actually own the gym with three other owners. And I was like, that's cool. She's like, we're doing a really good deal right now. I knew pricing for CrossFit memberships was around $100 to $150 a month um, because the insurance is so high. Um, and they do really good personalized fitness instruction. So I started joining their gym and she was my coach along with the other three coaches, depending on the time of day, they would all kind of rotate through. One of them was a, a doctor. So I was like, I already trusted. Okay. They got a doctor on staff. That was one of the owners and I'm coaching her students after school. I went and I went to the local running shoe store and had running shoes donated because it was a low income school. And many of my athletes didn't even have proper, like they had flip-flops. They had cute little tennis shoes. They didn't have running shoes and their parents did not have money to buy them running shoes. So I overcame that obstacle and I went to the running store and got every single girl on the team running shoes in their size, surprised them all. And I think that impressed her and she and I became friends. She trusted me because I took care of her students as if they were my children. Uh, we would go on runs on Saturdays. I would bring my new puppy, Mr. And the faster runners would take Mr. off and go run in the woods. And I thought parents would join on Saturday so that I could meet all the parents, but no, they just dropped their kids off with me. And I was like, okay. And uh, Mr. Corey didn't join us on Saturdays. Cause he was like, I teach these students. I need my weekends. I was like, Hey, no problem. Um, that was fun for me. And that was in 2014, the year that I got married. So she and I have been friends since then. And she's actually going to be my first move happy middle school coach. Um, once we figure things out and her mom's um, going through 
some real tough medical stuff right now. So if you could send some prayers her way. Um, but Heather was in my class and Heather worked at her school uh, for a little while before she got a, she got a job at the high school in the district. So <clears throat> all of these social connections started lining up for me, started supporting me to be able to heal. And that song, Somebody New, uh, I had told my friend Jen, who I sang in ninth grade with, she moved from, I'm going to say she moved from Maryland. Her dad is retired like 30 plus years in the military. He was in the Marine Corps and then Army as an RN. I want to say they were stationed in Maryland before they got moved to Washington. And then she joined my junior high choir. And then we were friends in high school and then college and whatnot. Well, I told her what had happened with the boyfriend. Pretty sure she talked to her dad because the next thing I knew, her dad invites me to this open mic down the street from Pacific Lutheran University on Garfield Street. And it was every Tuesday that it open mic. So if you were a musician, if you were an artist, a poet, if you had some sort of gift to share, uh, you could go there, you could have coffee, you could have beer, like whatever. And uh, this was like the year after I graduated and I started the healing, continuing the healing process. I needed a place to sing that song. So he was like, you need to share that song. And he also played guitar and he's like super creative as an artist. So he said, hey, come down, Angie and me, um, his wife, Angie and me go to this place. Um, it's great food, great drinks. Like it's really laid back vibe and it's free to go. You just pay for your food and drinks. So I was like, okay, cool. Well, I showed up and I sing my song, no piano, no nothing. Cause all I had was the melody in my head. And didn't know it, but Danny Foreman and Russ Harris were in the audience. And they're uh, they're the guys from 2 Plus 2 Jazz. They were impressed. I didn't know I was auditioning for their group. They said, hey, we need a good looking lady that's got some good vocals. We sing at different restaurants and sometimes private parties. Are you interested in joining us? Um, you'll get some gas money and you'll get uh, gas money and uh, like food like maybe maybe a glass of wine or something and I was like sign me up like when he said when he said sing at restaurants I don't even care if I got paid because it's what I love to do it's what I was meant to do perform be an entertainer but you should be compensated for the value that you bring so I got to join that group and then we sang together for a few years. And then when I was in grad school, of course, I was a few hours away. So they had to, you know, find new singers and whatnot. But they always tried to include me um, on the weekends that I was going to be um, visiting my partner in Washington. Because my first year, I would visit every other weekend because um, I had $25 gas money each month or each week. So I didn't have a lot of gas money, basically. I just but you do it. You, you figure out how to problem solve to get what you want in life. So that has been music and entertainment has always been a part of me. And then curriculum design. Um, so my businesses move happy Aaron Nicole ministries and my nonprofit business are so Aaron Nicole ministries and Aaron Nicole media. So I have two profit businesses that are not quite in profit mode. <laughs> and then my nonprofit for veterans and first responders are the different components of me. So in my mission. So my mission is to empower the world to find happiness from within, especially those with depression to help end global suicide. I will never achieve this in my lifetime. It is a legacy business. So move happy. It started from my program 
that I designed in the psychiatric hospital uh, where I lost my father, died my third day on the job with patients. They demonstrated love and kindness and compassion to me. I wanted to add value and say thank you back to them. So I made them a program to upgrade their fitness program and combine it with positive psychology to make it like a cross-curricular therapy experience, holistic therapy. Um, I had never done it before. And I was like, I need to do something to get my mind on positive things. So I made them that program. That was the first program. And then the second program, when you raise the level of expectations, other people start rising to the occasion. I was invited to join another group. This gal wanted to teach juggling. And she said, after she heard me sing at the um, end of the summer barbecue, will you join me and teach singing? I heard that you're a good singer. Will you help me teach the patients how to sing? Because I know there's a lot of benefits to it. And I was like, okay, cool. And let's add Rick um, instructs. Uh, he used to be a comedian and he'd tour around the U.S. Can we also do uh, teach them like how to build and write a script for comedy or maybe like public speaking skills, things of that nature to help them prepare if they do want to get a job when they leave the hospital to actually have <laughs> interview skills, like real life skills. She was like, I love it. So then we had uh, the second group was performing arts therapy. And then I noticed that the transition group preparing this, the patients to leave the hospital, it was a lot of how to things. Um, they would take them to group homes to interview, or they would take them to shelters to interview, or they would take them like to different places. So it was like how to prepare for the next level transition out of the hospital, but the recidivism rate, which was nine times, which was their return rate. So it was like a cycle. They went through the process, they came back, they went through the process, they came back, they went th nine times. Like we as taxpayers, we're paying that in Washington state. I'd imagine it's around those same numbers in your state. You might just ask, call your local state psychiatric hospital and ask them, what is the average recidivism rate? And they will tell you. Um, or if they don't tell you, say I am a taxpayer and it is my legal right to know what that is, who can you connect me to to tell me or talk to your legislators and ask them to find out for you. We are, as a society, wasting a lot of money on a broken system. So I wanted to help improve that by adding value, not stepping on people's toes, but identifying what's working, what's not working, because Mr. Krauss taught me that in our program, we took first in every competition, except for one time my sophomore year, we took second place. Um, but we were able to do incredible things because he raised the level of expectations. And I've always done that since that experience with him, because we got to do really cool, epic things. And so I want to help other people have cool, epic opportunities in life. So I was appreciative of the patients and their kindness towards me. And I wanted to up level the transitions program, which I think I called just like real life transitions or something like that. I don't remember the exact title, but it was billable to the state. All three programs that I designed or co-designed the second program were all billable to the state as group therapy programs. Although I was brand new at creating them because I had a boss that believed in me because I proved the concept the first round. And then I was invited to interview for a promotion within the hospital that my boss told me I would never be interviewed for in her 30 years of work experience. I was not only interviewed in one of 17 interviewed out of hundreds of people that applied, but I earned the promotion. So I <clears throat> believe wholeheartedly that these programs will be turned into white papers uh, once we get some sponsorship dollars sent in. Um, I have no problem 
um, being the global ambassador of mental health for the United States and having all extra monies be disseminated for mental health programs globally as well as locally. Um, that I believe that will happen if, if it's God's will for me, it will. And if I partner with other mental health organizations that are already in existence, I'm fine with that as well. Um, but God is not creating us. The creator of the universe does not give us these gifts to then be shelved and never be utilized. Why was my business attacked? Why, why did people try to destroy me and frame the person that I was dating as being the person uh, that was trying to kill me and personify as both of us? Because I know that that happened. And why did this minister infiltrate my team and get me to allow me to be manipulated and trust her to then have her try and tell my whole close circle of people that I was suicidal when I have a mental health business. Uh, I definitely had problems with mental health in my past, but God healed me in 2018 when I asked him to, and I prayed on my knees and I have never had one self-harm thought again. I have been through your shoes. If you're struggling right now, if you're listening to this, you are not alone. I am feeling the Holy Spirit wanting to tell Richard, there's a Richard that's listening to this episode right now. Um, do not give up hope. Put down the bottle, put down the gun. You need to pay attention to the activities where you lose track of time. You need to pay attention to the activities where you feel joyful. Imagine the last time you actually felt, wow, you looked at the clock and you're like, wow, I can't believe I just spent five hours doing this. I totally was in the zone. That is what you need to be spending more time on. You need to figure out how you can spend more quality time doing that because that will accelerate. Leaning into your strengths uh, is 100% what I recommend. I'm not an expert in it. I am someone that has walked through the darkest, deepest, nastiest of things that I would never wish on anyone. And I made it through. I made it through because I was spiritually protected. I was emotionally protected and I had music to give me hope. I had movement that I had learned from my foundation that was uh, role modeled to me, instilled in me, encouraged in me, required through my schooling, things of that nature. So I love you guys so much. I do want to close out the show um, by letting you know about my up and coming. Oh, I'm so excited. I don't even have a real official name for it yet. I'll come up with it soon or the Holy Spirit will reveal it to me. Uh, this is through my concert series of both Aaron Nicole Ministries, combining it with the Pillars of Move Happy. So what we're doing this year, we did 11 concerts last year and I started the first one from homelessness and I ended the last one. Um, I actually had a house donated donated to me for the evening so I didn't have to clean my house and I had a presidential candidate in my concert watching live you could do anything no matter what your financial circumstances are or lack of housing this year I'm doing four quarterly concerts and they're not just concerts I'm adding the component of holistic training the goal and the mission of my concert series is for veterans and first responders and their family members primarily all are welcome but globally if you are a first responder or you are a veteran or a family member and you are a loving kind person and you are in a country that we are not at war at in my country <laughs> you are welcome to join and 
the goal of which is to uh, connect you to have at least one quality connection that you can meet um, and to entertain you. Because if you uh, improve in your social health, quality connections of people that are going to take you to the next level, iron sharpens iron, um, it's actually going to help you improve your happiness level. Excuse me. And it's also going to protect your mental health when you're in crisis. It also increases, I was reading, um, I released the information, I think yesterday, my um, post in my cute little orange silky dress <laughs> um, that there was a study done on middle schoolers, adolescents, and high school students, 12 to 17 years old. And in both groups, um, anywhere from 50 to 65, no, 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 wrong stats, 403% more likely to continue being physically active if you bring a friend. Um, in 403%, and I want to say it was 300 something percent. You can read the post, watch the post. I say that to say, I want you to either make a quality connection at the concert experience or meet someone at the concert experience so that you can improve in your social health. Because there are a lot of people that are isolating themselves, especially men. Um, not all men are antisocial, but many of you that reach out to me don't have quality friendships. You don't think you need friendships, but you do. You do because many of you do not ever seek mental health treatment. And then all of a sudden you're dead from your choice. And there's not a lot of people that talk about it, but I am the one to speak up and be direct about it. You are the least likely to seek out mental health treatment unless you break a law and you are forced to go into a psychiatric hospital, which many of my patients were men and they broke some laws through drug and alcohol abuse or other things, <clears throat> that's their private information. But I say that to say, social health concert series. So February 10th is our first one for 2022 with keynote speaker, Future Kane. I'm so excited because Future actually connected me to many of the veterans that showed up to the concert, connected me to veterans that I already was connected to that did not read my emails, did not respond to me to <laughs> bring it to light again. And just as an overall amazing human being, um, very into support of people of diversity, of women's rights, and is a huge uh, passionate person for mindset. That is the first pillar of Move Happy. So I said, when, when Future told me that, do you mind being my first keynote speaker? Because I want to say thank you for your contributions and helping me actually set up my concerts with live audience. She was like, yes, I would love to. So we are in the process of getting the email set up, getting it automated, um, brainstorming and whatnot. She will be um, doing our opening keynote address and providing you tips and strategies for the first about 30 minutes on mindset. Then we will have um, an hour probably of music. And then we're going to do an hour of holistic training to improve the treatment of people and patients with mental illness. So we're gonna have a variety of holistic practitioners as well as traditional Western med medicine uh, <clears throat> practitioners. I am still orchestrating that. So if you are listening to this and you are either a holistic instructor like Reiki, hypnotherapy, yoga, um, fill in the blank. If there's another category that I'm not aware of, um, exercise sports psychologist, I'd love to have Dr. Hacker who's one of my favorite professors at PLU. I haven't emailed you yet. I'm talking to you and I'm giving myself ideas. Um, 
if you are like maybe a psych nurse or a psychiatrist and you feel like you are the best of the best as far as current research and you can be a great storyteller and presenter, I want the best of the best holistic instructors for my concert series. So what you would receive is you would have the invitation to have all the connections of people at the concert that want to connect with you. You would, have, you would have access to all of the people that are veterans and first responders, their family members and friends. I'm not giving you their emails. They have to willingly give themselves to you, give their information to you. But if you are good enough and present well enough, people will be dying to fill out your information. So um, reach out to me. You can either email me directly and in the subject line put holistic concert, let's see, holistic concert, breakout session, instructor interest, or something of that nature, like make the subject stand out because I have a lot going on, variety of projects that I'm working on. And that will help me sort through the 2000 plus emails that I have not opened yet. Cause I get a lot of spam emails too. <clears throat> or if you are listening to this on social media, you can shoot me a DM on your preferred social media. I am everywhere. Um, and if you are interested in being either a medical organization, insurance company, hospital network, you are connected to uh, people that have depression or mental illness of some capacity and you feel like you want to be and you have money, you have extra money to spend and you want to be a part of this, I am looking for, <clears throat> for a few sponsors for the event to upgrade equipment, to... Um, allow for me to compensate the holistic practitioners and the musicians compensate them for their time because last year everybody volunteered and they should not have to do it for free because nobody works for free um, so I'm looking for sponsors to cover uh, to allow me to pay for my guest speakers and I know for example Dr. Hacker's minimum she will do a project is five thousand dollars she's the sports psychologist of the USA women's soccer team that took first in the world many times. I got to learn from her in my undergrad. So I would be willing if I had $5,000 to pay her 10, just, just throwing that out there. So if you want to be a sponsor and you have certain people that you'd like to be speaking at the event, or you just, you trust me enough to set this up successfully for a winning experience, we will be turning this information into white papers. So what you would get in exchange is anyone at the event if you are a sponsor you get an invitation of course to the event and then you can connect with anyone um, however people put their names up you can connect with them on social media if they want to connect with you you can um, through zoom we actually have a way to chat to the whole group but then also to chat individually so if there's someone in the group that you want to connect with uh, maybe a patient asks a question or an employee or a boss asks, asks a question and you want to connect with them to like coach them or to uh, work with them in some capacity for, for business or whatnot. Um, you probably won't do that in the meeting, but you'll make the quality connection in the meeting. So that's the starting place. Um, and I believe wholeheartedly when I, I, my genius skill is bringing people together and entertaining magical, super, I don't want to say magical, supernatural things happen whenever I connect people. I created out of thin air right before the shutdown, right before all of my businesses got hacked into a VIP networking experience out of my own knowing. 
and out of my own network. And I had sold out of tickets interested of people. Some, some I gave free tickets to because their brand presence was more valuable than the price. Um, and some I charged two hours, two hours, elite people, people that have worked directly with Mr. Rogers, for example, people that are top security detail, the president of the United States that I didn't even know I invited because <laughs> I don't always do that. In the future, I'm doing background checks on people, but I had some pretty badass people in my meeting, um, body language, top 22 body language expert in the world that has been on the Steve Harvey show and Mel Robbins show and pretty much every news network in the United States was in my VIP meeting that I orchestrated and, and created through my own being. So imagine, imagine being a part of this global experience that no one has created before and you get to be a part of it and you get to be a sponsor of this epic history making thing that will be written i believe if the holy spirit wants it to happen it will happen the white papers will be written about and translated into textbooks that will be taught to all therapists all medical practitioners in every single university in the world I am that confident in my abilities to entertain and to educate, to bring people together. So everyone that's a part of this experience, if you are a sponsor, if you are a guest attendee, if you are a musician, if you are a keynote speaker, if you are me, we are all going to fill out the survey together. Uh, once I email it out to everyone, we're still, like I said, we're still automating the process. <sighs> I'm just so excited about it. Uh, what gets measured gets improved. So we all fill out the survey. There will be a survey after the concert experience, February 10th, 6.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. Central time zone. Adjust for your time zone accordingly. There will be a survey immediately after the event. I ask if you are available as your emotions are high to fill it out as soon as possible. Uh, the people that filled out the post-survey for December's concert, uh, whether you were a part of the December one or any of the concerts last year, you were given, and I haven't been able to finalize it yet, but all of you are in that email queue list and all of you will be given financial gifts from the songs that I'm in the process of turning into my first EP, Love Conquers All. And I am selling it. The Holy Spirit revealed to me the pricing each song, except for somebody new from college, each of the songs, the other five songs are $1 million each. And the song somebody new will be sold for 10 million. I already, I made one post. I had four interested investors, one of which uh, desires to invest six figures minimum. And I'm not even done with the EP yet. So it will be sold very quickly. And I'm distributing after taxes to my government of the United States of America for allowing me to live here and being so blessed to live in the best country in the world, in my opinion, because of course, everyone thinks wherever they live is the best country in the world. Um, I pay, I'm going to pay the taxes. I'm giving my veteran protector um, a certain percentage. And then he told me today on the phone that he's going to distribute the money to his friends that helped keep me safe. And he doesn't want to keep any of it. because he's just a generous person. Um, Pete, who added guitar and drums to my EP recording, He's getting a certain percentage. He actually sacrificed 15% to the whole of the group um, because he wants 
some of my network to be able to connect and help him to be able to pursue music full time, which was really cool. Um, and then the uh, volunteer mixer, Larry, who I met through the Miracle Morning Group back in 2015 when I was going through my divorce, we were discussing this a couple of days ago. I was like, how do we know each other? Like, I know that I've followed you for a long time and been connected to you, but we never had any phone calls or anything. And then all of a sudden he popped up volunteering. He didn't even want any money to help me mix my music when my initial first mixer that I met on Upwork.com, who supposedly has four Emmys, tried to take over the whole project and tried to remove the veteran from the veteran EP, from the nonprofit that supports veterans and first responders. So he was removed. Um, well, he was offered an opportunity to apologize to the veteran and to allow me to take the lead on the project, but he never responded. So he lost out on that money. So the money goes to Larry now. Well, I was going to give Larry 10%. I said, I'm going to send you an email. Let me know if it's fair for you. He responded back. Um, I would have done this for free. I'm not worried about the money. I, um, he had someone donate some musical equipment to him when he was first starting out in the music industry. And he said, you just pay it forward. Good people, good people do things for you. And then you want to do good things for other people and just keep that positive circle going. So he said, how about, uh, 6.7% and you give the remaining 3.3% to um, all of the volunteers that showed up to the concerts or you know helped connect you to your audience attendees and things like that. So they both gave to the betterment of the group and all of you that showed up to any of the concerts last year and believed in me when I started it from homelessness, I wanted to surprise you so much with a financial blessing that you weren't expecting because none of you None of you had to show up. None of you had to share and connect me to veterans and first responders, but so many of you did a hundred plus that I'm aware of in 26 countries. You not only helped me heal, but there's many people that have completely changed the trajectory of their career paths to want to get into music again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. So those of you that are new to the scene and have not yet participated in any of the concerts, you definitely want to show up February 10th from 6.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. You want to fill out the survey before the concert. You want to fill out the survey after the concert because there will be some sort of surprise. I'm not sure what the surprise is going to be yet. I'm still praying on it with the Holy Spirit's guidance but the creator of the universe has created so much abundance and opportunity for finances within my own knowing and my own being that I am leaning towards another EP being released and doing the same thing again, but I'm waiting. I'm waiting on what the Holy spirit will tell me to do. And I'm just going to go with it because if I'm able to live off of so little for so long, like I have been in the poverty level pretty much for 35 years. And I've been able to do so many incredible things because I'm rich in friends. I am rich in health. And this year is going to be rich in financial abundance so that I can be lending and not borrowing like Joel Osteen talks about so often. So my financial business offering that's new this year is, and I'm really excited about it. It's, um, I talked a little bit earlier the power to choosing joy music experience. And I'm presenting storytelling just like I did 
in this long Zoom podcast and vlog. Um, I'll be actually going to colleges and customizing presentations to your college students, professors, your audience specifically to help you flip the script and choose joy so that you can keep going, not quit school and lose out on all of that money that the college and university could be making and also not quit life because there is a global pandemic going on and there are a lot of depressed people that don't feel like they're being supported and I support you and I care about you. You're not alone. So if you are a college or university and you are um, interested, you liked what you heard today and you want to uh, have me present at your university or college, what I'm doing, uh, this will be, you actually pay through, because uh, music I want to associate with my Aaron Nicole Ministries nonprofit, although it's, um, it's not specific at college and universities, military in first responders, but I have a strong feeling that your ROTC program and the children will be many children from the first responder space. So I'm just going to align it with Aaron Nicole Ministries. So you let me know what your budget is. Reach out to me or have um, one of your uh, department heads reach out to me. I already have the head of law department of a university in India has reached out and confirmed that they want me to present. I was planning to focus in my own country to increase the revenue potential of my own country, but I already have India that wants me to present it and is willing to pay me. They haven't sent me the budget yet, but if the head of the law department is wanting me, I imagine that they have some money. So talk amongst yourselves. I would, I would be willing to do it for free. However, you can't run a business on free. You can't run a nonprofit on free. I have extended all of my money to help enough people. I need you to step up, figure out what your budget is at your university, figure out what 60 minutes would be of value. If I can flip and decrease your 40% attrition rate of freshman to sophomore to 39%, how much would your university make next year? Figure out what that would be for you. Cost of the tuition, cost of loss of tuition from 40%, and then figure out what it would be in the difference. Um, you handle the math, like all you mathematicians, because I guarantee I can improve that by at least 1%, money back guaranteed. I put my stamp of approval on that because I put excellence into everything I do. Additionally, you would not only have the 60 minutes where I would actually go if, you're, if your school is willing to have me go in person, if your COVID rules do not require me, I am not getting the vaccine. I am not against you getting the vaccine, but I am an advocate for mental health. And there is no longitudinal data yet on people with depression, which is the most expensive global condition in the world with the least financially supported. People do. They take action on what I advise. So until there is empirical white paper research on the safetiness of having the vaccine implanted into your body, because I already had a birth control implant try to kill me with the mind control and I had emergency, emergency removed. Uh, a few years ago, the day that I called the 1-800 line, I will not be putting anything in my body that does not have white paper research on the safety factor of it. And I won't be encouraging anyone to get the vaccine if they have diagnosed depression because it is not yet proven safe. And you might think that I'm ignorant and all of you that think that you're not at a university that I want to present at. However, I know there are a lot of children of administrators at universities 
that have thought about and committed suicide. There are a lot of children and college students of those professors that work at colleges and universities that maybe are in elementary school right now, maybe they're in middle school or high school or even college, and they've been struggling with their mental health. I wanna help. I know that I can help. I have been through their shoes. I have been through every single challenging experience in life, including divorce, and I made it through and I didn't give up. So I'm going to share what's most relevant to your audience in that 60 minutes. If I'm in person, um, it'll be in a room where you can record it at your university and then they each will get a digital copy of it. I'll have my team as well um, fly, be flown out. That'll be included in, in your pricing um, to record it professionally. You will also get promotions on all of my social media to highlight and promote your university or your college, uh, which is a huge value. Um, I have a presidential candidate in my network, um, head of Disney hotels, uh, the team doctor of the Baltimore Orioles. Like I have huge connections. So when I make one post, it's not just 15,000 people that are just whoever it's 15,000 of the top quality leaders in the world, because I was intentional when I started my brand and my business. So you get promotions, uh, you you have the option if you would like to be interviewed on my podcast and vlog. Um, you could pick whoever your head of PR would be, or maybe it's the the president of your university. Whoever you would decide to do that, um, that would be included in the package option and presentation. And all of your attendees, whether you have me as a guest lecturer, where I'm performing music and storytelling in your classroom setting, or if it's for your whole university, I'm confident enough to do that as well, as long as you have some sort of AV support um, on your end, I'll bring my support and we'll make sure that it's um, the most epic experience ever for your students. And additionally, so you get the recording, you get the 60 minutes, uh, you get access to promotions on my social media, you get interviewed if you want on my Move Happy Movement podcast, which at one point in November of 2019, I was ranked in the top 200 out of 816,000 active podcasts on iTunes. Um, the stats are hard to find now because um, a lot of people have dropped out and stopped being podcast hosts. I haven't. I haven't quit. Um, and then you also get access to being on my vlog if you're watching this from YouTube. And, and I know you're waiting for this. This is like, this is the cool part, okay? And this is also me in my genius zone and planning and marketing that I learned from Mr. Krause. <clears throat> All attendees at your university will have a personal invite to join in February 10th and every single quarterly holistic concert experience hosted by myself this year for them to connect to all of the veterans first responders and holistic practitioners. So if any of those students are on the fence about depression and maybe thinking about ending their life or quitting school, they will be encouraged to connect with quality medical practitioners that are both in the traditional Western style of doctor, nurse, traditional stuff that we do here on our side of the world. And for those that are listening on the other side of the world that are used to holistic practices, yoga instructor, probiotics, meditation, shaman, Reiki, whatever, they will have access to those kinds of medical practitioners as well for holistic training, quality connections, 
to protect their minds. They'll get a free ticket entrance. So this is a huge value to you. And they will be a part of the white paper research if they would like to be, um, if they show, if they would like to, you know, connect after, if they like my music, which most people do say they do. I had a judge and a high level executive of Costco fly me across the country to sing for his private 60th birthday party. So when I say that I'm a good singer, I'm not, I'm not being boastful. I'm confident in the gifts that God has instilled within me. So I encourage you if you're like, oh my gosh, how do I, how do I reach out to Aaron right now? I want to sign. I have 11 spots left for the year. My goal is to present once a month. I have 11 spaces left, but I do have uh, Dr. Julie Ducharme. She and I met um, via Zoom last week or the week before, and she's going to be emailing her university at the end of January because everyone's on vacation still for J-term. So she's going to be emailing out to multiple universities that she's affiliated with. So 11 might go down to like two spots left. I don't know how many universities she's connected to. I know she's at least connected to two, but it might be a university music department and then a psychology department in the same university and the sociology department and the law department. So that might fill up my goal because I don't want to overwhelm myself too fast because I know myself and I've got a lot of different projects that I want to do this year. So I'm only doing 12. So once I hit my 12 goal, if that's by June, I'm not going to, I'm not going to off, offer this opportunity anymore. All of those students will be invited to my quarterly concert holistic experience um, through Aaron Nicole Ministries, but I, I won't do more than 12 if, if I get to the goal faster. I will just spend more time writing my music because I want to write, I wrote 32 songs last year and I had one idea so far this year. I would like to write... 20 songs. I think that's fair and reasonable for me with everything that I have planned for this year. So I would just spend more time and energy learning more music production and hopefully getting into my own spot, getting upgraded. So I don't have a roommate anymore. That's messy. I love Kyle, but he's messy. <laughs> all right, guys, I love you so much. Um, with all purchases of Move Happy, and uh, products or services, if you donate to, if I would say if you donate, if you purchase on my Move Happy website, which is themovehappy.com, uh, I donate 30% towards a mental health organization of your choosing and then 10% to your local chapter of Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Um, right now, as it stands with my nonprofit, Erin Nicole Ministries, the only money making that I will be doing soon is when I release my NFT project to, to that uh, space in the cryptocurrency space and i'm not keeping any of that i'm actually giving a hundred percent away because my lifetime goal is to live off of 10 percent and give away 90 percent. but it takes some time to build out your income and whatnot um so if you do want to become a sponsor you just let me know if you want to be a sponsor for my nonprofit, or if you want to be a sponsor for move happy. There are a lot of needs right now, financial needs to take me to the next level, to take us globally to the next level. And um, thank you. Thank you in advance. Those of you that are getting ready to write them checks. And I know that my Healing Harmony Place home is being planned out right now. I know people are looking for the land. I have a feeling the land has already been found few acres. And right now, I bet you guys are talking amongst yourselves about how 
to build it exactly so that it's really cool. Cause I feel like y'all are going to surprise me and I'm just, ah, I'm pretending like I don't really know, but I feel, I feel it in my spirit right now. And this healing harmony place will be my home that I live in. And I'll be inviting veterans and first responders to have a weekend getaway, or maybe they want to take a few days R and R with their spouse. Maybe they're reassigned to my local area for the military, maybe they're active duty. And they want to bring their battle buddy, maybe they're restationed somewhere else. Um, we'll start at one in one state to start. And uh, it'll have like a music production room, a yoga room, massage studio. Like it's going to be like a spa retreat, but also with uh, creative arts infused in it. And I'm your host, uh, but I don't clean <laughs> and I don't cook. So I need some help with some professional cleaners and um private chef that would love to work there or maybe a team of a few private chefs to rotate so you don't have to work every single day every single meal and um, I want to just leave it open either free for veterans and first responders or super low cost because their salaries especially um, our newer soldiers um, I remember my ex-husband's buddy he was in the army for a while and they were on food stamps for the first 10 years of his active duty status um, his wife worked, but they're just really low income. So I want to provide an opportunity for you to have a nice quality vacation for you and your spouse or you and your family. And um, we'll have my furry friends that are retired canines and retired. Well, they're canines from either the military or, or the like police force first responders space. You'll get to spend quality time with them if you want. Um, I imagine there'll be some like horses. So I'll need like people to take care of the animals and, and things of that nature so that I can have the fun time and not, not have uh, all the requirements of all the responsible things. So I can focus on curriculum development, designing of therapies and uh, creation of music. Those are, the, those are kind of my goals. So uh, once we have the first location built out uh, where my nonprofit is um, founded and then Micah, who is my first sponsor, he's like my super fan platinum customer um, his dream is to Micah Padgett from Arcuity. He is an architect and his dream is to build medical facilities and homes for people with PTSD and depression to build like a safe, healthy home because he's a mental health advocate. And so I said, what if we build this first one and you help me design it? If I could get some sponsorship dollars to like cover your costs and your hours. And he's like, I'm donating my hours. I believe in what you're doing. And I said, then we can make an, one in every single state in the United States. So if soldiers get assigned, you know, that you get moved to another state. Like my friend was in Oklahoma for a long time. Her and her family, her husband's in the army, he's an officer in the army. They just moved out to Virginia. So when you get assigned to a new state, you have something to look forward to a weekend getaway because everyone deserves to have a vacation or a couple, you know, like a little staycation that's a couple hours away. That's nice and R and R and all that. So my vision for this is that every single state would have a different one that helps represent that state. Like in Oregon, for example, they would probably have bicycles because everybody has a bike, everybody has a dog <laughs> and they would definitely have something to do with recycling. And, uh, you would fill you would not fill your gas tank. There would be like, there would be someone there assigned to, maybe there's a gas tank at that house location to fill, fill up your, your boat or something. And someone would fill the gas tank for you because it's against the law for you to fill your own gas in Oregon, if you didn't know that. 
um, California and Hawaii, I imagine there would be like a surfing thing. It would be like close to the beach or something like that. So anyways, this is of course a big dream and vision, but it's fun to imagine good things in the future because it's for a good cause because those soldiers might be extremely depressed and thinking about killing themselves or those first responders. They're 10 times more likely than you and I that are listening that are not in that space to think about it and to actually complete the deed. So I wanna decrease those stats. All right, so if you're feeling compelled, I want the most credible, rich people with good values to step up and send me money. If you have a lot of money, but you don't have good values, don't waste my time or yours because I will not be associated with any fraud or money laundering or anything of that nature. I am here to make a good impact on the world. And um, I'll always be transparent. Like my mom and I were talking the other day about Billy Graham and he was a legend in the Christian space. And he was transparent about all of his money. Like anyone could look at it and access it online 24 seven. So I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to figure out, get a website person to make it transparent, how much money is coming in, how the money is being utilized. I have learned to live with little financially for so long and I am still a happy person, but that doesn't mean that I want to stay not having money because the more money we have, the more money we can help other people. So, all right, this has been an extremely long podcast and vlog. And I thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I am going to open a window here and what I do on the podcast is I actually check where we're at for our listening room competition. So now on the vlog, you get to see here. So we have, uh, once we hit 10,000 downloads, I'm going to be hosting a super fan listening room experience concert privately. And I'm going to invite my guest musician friends. So right now we're at 3,056 downloads. And if you're wondering like, what's a listening room experience? If you haven't listened to the previous podcast I talk about at the end, um, but if you haven't heard that, a listening room experience, I'm going to tell you a quick story and then I'm going to close out the show. So I'm in college. I'm at Pacific Lutheran University and I'm walking by the tennis courts. If you've been on the campus, you know exactly where I'm talking about. I get a text message from my brother, Josh, who goes by Jay Rice on YouTube. He at this point was hustling. He was about three years in. He moved across the country. He did the whole sleeping on the couch thing to like pursue his dreams. He had moved down to Nashville at this point. He says, sis, you'll never guess who is in this listening room experience with me. And I'm like, what's a listening room? So he says, it's where all the best of the best musicians release their music to each other before they release it to the world to get an honest like reaction from top level musicians. I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. Okay, who is it? He's like, you have two guesses. First one doesn't count. He knew that I have a favorite singer and a second favorite singer. And you just, you make a commitment when you're a child and you stay with it. You stay loyal. So I made my first commitment when I was 10 years old, Mariah Carey. And he says, no, and I was like, shut up. It's not Beyonce, is it? And he's like, Beyonce, he's texting me. Beyonce is in the room with me. <laughs> you guys, that's my bro. I never forgot that. So that's what I want to do for all of you, all of you that listen to the show, that are watching the vlog on YouTube. 
that have been consistently sharing my content, writing reviews on iTunes um, that are positive, of course, that are honest and authentic reviews, sharing it with your friends and family members, um, adding, interacting with content consistently on my social media. Um, if you've been customers of mine or nonprofit sponsors, you get an invite because you are considered my fans for life. And I treat you like my father treated all of his customers. At his funeral, there were 40 years worth of customers that spoke nothing but amazing things about how loving and kind my father was, that he not only was a good salesman, but he knew what sports their kids played, what instruments they played in school, he knew intricate details of them. And my dad knew that he saw that within me too. And so I want to do the same thing for all of you that have showed up for me. You are my super fans for life. I'm going to treat you like family. So you get access to my world premiere music. And if you joined in my concerts last year, I actually released my music like a listening room experience. This year, we're going to do that original music from myself, from guest musicians of all genres, and you get holistic training. This is an additional bonus concert. You guys, I just, I love to sing and I, I love to share my gift with you. So share, share, share. We're just over 3000 downloads. I have a strong feeling because we're just on iTunes right now and Podbean because Spotify stopped converting my file format. And I just, I need some help with that. So if you want to help out and volunteer and step up, um, I have a feeling we'll get to 10,000 downloads in like a week or two. So we'll see. I'm not in a rush because I'm building the foundation for a trillion dollar entity. I know that this business is capable of that because God does not put dreams in our heart that he does not want us to succeed. And I have a huge mission to end global suicide and to end depression globally. I know I will never achieve it in my lifetime, but it certainly gets me jumping out of bed every single day to help inspire you to want to find happiness from within. So send me money. If you want to buy anything from the Move Happy website, you just go on themovehappy.com, T-H-E-M-O-V-E-H-A-P-P-Y.com. Or you can send me money through PayPal, which is associated with Move Happy. So that is paypal, P-A-Y-P-A-L dot M-E forward slash. That's where the tip is moving. It's backwards on the screen, but it's the one that's the same as the question mark. If you do shift on the <laughs> keyboard uh, and then Move Happy, M-O-V-E-H-A-P-P-Y. So paypal.me slash Move Happy. And then if you want to be a sponsor or donate any amount, no amount is too small for Aaron Nicole Ministries to help specifically with veterans, first responders, and our college students <clears throat> through my the Power to Choose Joy Music Experience, um, go to www.erinnicoleministries.org, and that's E-R-I-N-N-I-C-O-L-E-M-I-N-I-S-T-R-I-E-S.org. And I thank you in advance. Please email me screenshot if you buy anything off of my website for the Move Happy so that I can appropriately donate to organizations that you prefer. Um, and if you would prefer that I donate, uh, just transfer the funds over to 
um, Aaron Nicole Ministries. You don't need to do anything other than just let me know. I still want to donate to our big brothers and big sisters organization. So just let me know like what state you live in, or if you feel comfortable telling me the county or the city that you live in, and then I'll make sure that those monies appropriately go to your community members, your children to help match them with a healthy mentor, um, because they're going to get mentored from somebody, they might as well get mentored from someone that goes through the vetting process, background check, and is a safe adult to mentor them. So I love you guys. And don't forget to tell someone you love them today. I'll see you next week. Bye.